<laughs> hey, kid, you like violence? You want to get paid? All right, here's your pistol made out of scrap metal. Get in there. Hello, and welcome to Dice Like Ice. This is episode seven. I'm your host, Tony Acton. With me, as always, the Krodos Hark to my Apollos Cage, Andrew Mitchell. Apparently I am a, a <laughs> Necromunda today. weirdo. I love it. Yeah, Necromunda weirdo. Uh, one of the, uh, the uh, man, what are the Orlock guys. And with us today, we've actually got a special guest, our very own Gore Halfhorn, Michael Dachana. <laughs> It's my favorite guy that I'm never going to build because he's fucking a four-trolled resin kit, and I I don't want to purchase and buy that and have to deal with it. That's fair, That's but he's model. an awesome model. Awesome you know, model, cool and I'm model. pretty sure he's got good rules, um, at least based on how cursory read it. Maybe someday I'll go buy a Beastman kit and then scream as I have to learn how to kit bash to make him. Ah, just hit me up. That's what I do. I like to kit bash. I kit bash Andrew Payne. It's a great system. I'll send you a sprue of beastman with a plasma pistol attached and be like, fix this. for me. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, guys. So if you haven't noticed by now, uh, today's episode is going to be a bit Necromunda-centric. So uh, first off, you know, this is our first actual guest on the show with us, Michael. So, Michael, tell us, uh, tell uh, us a little about Before we get yourself. into that, Tony, uh, it is time for our oh, sponsor, yes. as always. Uh, we are oh, sponsored course. by Grip and Rip. Hey, Rip. Oh, yeah. What are we drinking today, fellas? There it is. What you got, Michael? Start us off. I've got Aslan Brewings, which is a local to Virginia, which I'll get into detail. Yeah. Power Moves India Pale Ale. Think about Aslan oh. beers. This is like, it's a it's a um hazy New England style IPA, which I I like on occasion. This one's only five point five, which seems low for an IPA, but I won't mind it because it is a Tuesday night. Uh, so I can drink three of these That's and feel fine. There you go. Andrew, uh, what you drinking got? Drinking a Storm King by Victory Brewing. Hell yeah, a, Victory. Uh, 9.1 alcohol uh, Imperial Jesus Stout. Christ. <laughs> oh, Andrew's going to be You made fun of my s'more stout last time, so I had to get a man beer. <laughs> <laughs> how about you get three of those in you, and we'll see how you're oh, I'm going to have one. <laughs> no, because I don't want to have to drive across the city and revive no, no, Andrew. I will have one, and that will be my evening. <laughs> I will end my evening with some tea. If my wife watched me sucking down three 11% Imperial Stouts, she'd probably make me stay on the couch because the the gas that night would be awful. Yeah. Yeah, I really only want to have one. I'm, uh, I'm going with another local favorite, the Terrapin uh, Rye Pale Ale, or as I like to call it, the Rye PA. Uh, well, that's a good it's, one. Uh, it's also just a nice... Oh, it's a fantastic one. It's also a nice little 5.5, so I could kill a couple of these, but it is... A late Tuesday night, and I've got work super early in the morning, so. Ugh. All right, so, uh, Michael, why don't you uh, uh, introduce oh, yes. us to yourself and, you know, give us a little bit of your, your hobby backstory. Uh, hobby backstory for me, uh, sticking to, like, wargaming and warhams. I'll start actually wargaming. Um, I, I, I um, always had an interest in wargaming, mostly chip-based wargames, you know. Axis uh, is a common yeah. one. I did that a lot in college. Actually, one of my professors had a had a hobby, had both a professional and personal interest in them, and so we'd play, um, 
Kingmaker is one of the big ones we played, which is a game, I think it's out of print, good luck finding it. A lot of diplomacy, which is more of a board game, but you know, in the vein. For uh, for those who don't know, Michael is actually a 73-year-old man. <laughs> I'm now. a 70, and that's why these five beers I'm going to drink are going to actually kill me on the podcast. It's grimdark. <laughs> but diplomacy is great. That is a game that kills friendships, it's and I love it. brutal killer friendships, diplomacy. So um, much fun. Just things like that. I got into the... Role, tabletop role-playing and tabletop war games sort of on a desire to just get a hobby. It's like 2017. Um, a, a buddy, a guy I was living with at the time, a good friend of mine, Chris, like he mentioned offhand one time that he played Warhammer as a kid, and I was like, well, I used to browse like the Warhammer like Wikipedia or whatever uh, in like college, and I thought it was neat. And he's like, oh yeah, I used to play as a kid, and I was like, would you consider doing it now because I need something to do with my uh, personal time? And he was like, sure. So I went whole ham into it. Those are Space Marines, Gene Steeler Cults, play some AOS, talk Hobby Progress, what I did there, do there, did there recently, and uh, got into Cremunda 2018 or so. I really got into it with Nova 2019. I played as a guest player in the Nova 2019 tournament, which we can touch on when we talk about like the issues of balancing uh, Necromunda and why it's not at all a game you can play competitively. And the Nova 2019 <laughs> experience was great, and also... It's not a great idea. Is if you're playing with people that aren't going to be chill, it's not going to be fun. Um, which is not an endorsement of it, but it's important. Uh, said you know, uh, four years or so of you know tabletop minis and stuff. Um, okay. So yeah, and I'm I'm in the Northern Virginia area. So if you're in that area and you see me loudly yelling at a game store passionately, happily but passionately, that's me. Usually in a Hawaiian shirt. Usually in a Hawaiian shirt, getting utterly dumpstered in a game that. <laughs> We both agreed was casual, and I'm just so bad that I can't even play a casual game well. <laughs> well, then you're on the <laughs> right place. Uh, so, uh, what kind of armies uh, do you so play? 40k, keep it simple, but I actually have full armies of and not just shit on the shelf and making an army. I play a Dark Angel successor chapter, because I'm colorblind, and to me, Dark Angel's green looks like poop. And I was like, I like this lore, I'm not going to paint that, because <laughs> it looks like poop of little green baby poop streaks. I'm so happy that we have uh, another colorblind person on the podcast. Let's make fun this, of this normal guy this, who's hosting. Apparently, I've got a type. Look at you and your yeah, being right? one of the... S- 60% of men that doesn't me, have color deficiency? I think it's like... Me and my yeah, fucking working eyes. 12 has some form of color deficiency, something like that? I, it's gotta be more for men. Ironically, still the shittiest painter in this group. <laughs> it's mostly it's about coloring bullshit. in the lines, Tony. It's, yeah, it's... Ask me to do a... I am also bad ask at Ask me that. to do a painting, and it's gonna be like, I'll give you something... I think I learned it... I, I realized it, like, I kinda knew it in kindergarten, but like, I really learned how bad it was in art class when we had to do, like, a monochromatic painting like eighth grade so like it has to be one shade of colors uh so like blue gr- blue to green at most and mine was i tried to do blue and there was like grays and greens and even some reds in there and they were like oh you just can't fucking see color can you and i was like yeah <laughs> oh no i'll never be a fighter pilot <laughs> also my way too clumsiness and just being terrible at everything. Anyway, but yeah, so, so um, back to your so armies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and not yeah. my crushed childhood dreams of being an artist fighter pilot. Um, uh, yeah, so that in that AOS, I play Gloomspite Gits, but really just Trogoffs. And uh, back to kind of collecting Skaven, which I started collecting in the start of the pandemic, gave up because I didn't want to paint 80 fucking models and i'm now back to coward painting 80 models but different skaven models and then in, in necromunda i 
pretty much just play Goliath. I have enough Goliath that I could field a small Imperial Guard army of, like, I don't know, Necromunda Spiders is the uh, Necromunda Regiment, except for the fact that Goliath are on 32mm bases, and thus would be bad proxies for yeah. Guardsmen. Sounds like Space Marines to me. <laughs> terrible, terrible bimbo space... Himbo, sorry, himbo Space Marines. It's just the buff Marines that mm. refuse to wear armor. Yeah, right. They're just I purposely let myself have five-up saves the whole game. Then at least it's an excuse when I get dumpstered <laughs> and not, not my terrible inability to position my army right. Yeah, that's going to come up in uh, in my games played. Something fierce, oh, good. by the way. Uh, Oof, no, it was not. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's my long and short what anyone would be interested in hobby history. I don't need to go into 6mm Napoleonics. We can save that for a for a four-hour marathon. That will be the episode that Andrew takes a nap right. through. <laughs> On the call. <laughs> <laughs> that will be the one where I take notes through. Because I am annoyingly interested in I mean, are six there, millimeter are there gaming. Dragons or lasers? Uh, there's muskets, cannons, and smoke. And you if you for. paint your army the wrong shade of Prussian blue, I'm literally legally Ooh. required to beat you with a cavalry. Hmm. The entire time, you yeah. can't like. Yeah, people get super. Angry you can't leave during. I mean, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> <I'm> on... <laughs> yeah. Usually yeah. Andrew has a I have a ball keg in the entire time, too. <laughs> Alright, sign me up. Napoleonics is where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Alright, tune in next We have limited <laughs> space, so we share it with the King Club. Surprisingly welcoming people for me and my fellow 73-year-old men. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> this podcast is canceled. <laughs> yeah, 11 minutes in. Here we go. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, so Andrew, oh, what have you okay. been working Army on this progress. week, bud? Um, so, the only thing I've recently finished was, and I remember the name this time, I finished my Break of Boss on Meyer Brute Trogoth. There we go, for my Cruel yeah. Boys Army. Yeah. It's of, it's one of those ones of where it's like I he's the guy who deals with the beasts, so I confuse him with the beast bosses from 40k, and then I had to get what flavor yeah. of troll that he's riding on. So break a boss, Meyer brute, Trogoth. Um, really fun model, super fun. I I love the amount of detail on the uh, the the trog skin. He has like these craggy patches all over him, so I spent a good long while picking those out with edge highlighting. Um, just tons of detail on all the metals and like bits and bobs that he's got sewn into his uh, loincloth, for lack of a better term. Um, just really, really characterful model, and it, it was the one that sold me on the Cruel Boys army when they announced it. So uh, it was a joy to paint. Um, yeah. After that, I have started on my uh, 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 shit. Blanket on names. Uh, hang on. <laughs> I was doing oh, you so were well. Oh, to yourself too. <laughs> Why you remember? I saw the uh, progress pictures on the on Discord, and they are, that guy is looking great. I'm sure he is finally now that he's done look still looking great, but great. <laughs> yeah. Um, the uh, beast boss on Squigasaur. That was it. I got it. So for 40k. Mm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the, the one that you can name into or change into Morzog or whatever his name is, the named Snake Bites guy. Uh, and I'm doing yeah. him and the two knobs on Smash Squigs at the same time uh, because they're the ones I'm going to put a little more detail into. And then when I switch to the Squig Hogs, I'm going to skip a couple of steps because you know they're like halfway to baseline guys. Um, 
but man, this he's yeah. he's also another one that has tons of detail. You don't really realize how many like little raised scaly like horn edges are like just popping up randomly throughout his skin. So I have to like go in and pick out each and every one of them with the three highlights I'm doing on all of those, and uh, it's kind of a pill while I'm doing it, but it'll look great when it's done. I hope. Uh, and oh, then yeah, I gave sure I gave uh, the beast boss this big uh, boss pole on the back that I made out of cruel boys bits and leftover orc stuff and got a got a big banner on his back so I'm I'm very excited to see how he looks when he's done. Um, Is he going to be a death skull or are you going to oh, do death some skull of all the way? Snake uh, I, I I paint my whole army death skull Good. and then occasionally I'll just like run a detachment and say I I'm counting it as snake bites or something because uh, I built him with the claw so I could you know argue that i'm running him as uh the named guy so you know it's uh as long as your opponent agrees to it it's fine yeah considering i'm 60 yeah, yeah, percent right, of yeah. your opponents ben's <laughs> <laughs> uh, 20 of it and your buddy much, will's yeah. the other 20 but uh local meta is the word we would use <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah that's uh pretty much it unless we want to count like media i did finish a, a warhammer book <laughs> uh the solar <laughs> war the first book in the siege of terror series it was solidly okay. <laughs> hey, yeah, it, it kind of uh, drags. Necessarily it? drag. There's just a lot of stuff where it's like, you know, you get a little bit of Sigismund action in there, which is pretty dope. Uh, but then there's a lot oh, of stuff where it's it. like, oh, and they've taken this uh, space station orbiting Saturn that nobody gives a shit about. Oh, they're fighting against in in the upper atmosphere of Uranus right now. Oh no, they've taken Pluto. Ah, oh, you know, it's just like, okay, cool. Just come on, let's get to the good shit. Come on. <laughs> Is there any mention of their humors being unseller, unsettled or them having a patrician grin or what's the other horse heresy word? Caloric rise. I, I, Ooh, and then is there any, there's no coring like an <laughs> apple. Coring like an None apple. None that I noticed. Uh, there might have been a, a, a grin or two in there. I'm not super sure, but I, yeah. nothing nothing that immediately jumped out at me. No, I don't think there's space wolves in that, so you're probably spared the wet leopard growl. It is a lot of mostly imperial fists, yeah. so uh, not not oh. not well known for their smiling and growling and emoting in general. Oh, thank goodness. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, the um the, the black library phrases that must be put into books was luckily not used. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, solid three out of five. It's it's the first part of a much larger story. Well, actually, it's like the fiftieth part of the much larger story. But <laughs> yeah, but the, like say, like the siege of terror is like right they kind of made a line where they're like, all right, here's the important shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you could jump off into siege. Of That's terror what I'm doing because I got about ten books into the Horus Heresy and went, fuck, a lot of this is really dry and boring. <laughs> Because that's yeah. the problem with flip-flopping between authors, too. It's just really hard to kind of get, like, you know, a consistent feel to the whole series. But, uh... Well, and that, that timeline Yeah, because it's, what, bunch. five, six years worth of combat? So there's a yeah. lot of shit happening. Uh, Nine, I believe, I think it's the horse heresy total. Yeah. Okay. But, it's, yeah. Um, so... Yeah, that's so, like Solar War, like, like three out of five. Worth a read if you want to read the whole series. Otherwise, yeah, maybe skip it. Yeah. What about you, Michael? Uh, what you been working set on? Set out to start painting my Skaven, uh, not Storm Fiends, Storm Vermin, because, you know, love some halberds yep. and ranked infantry. And then, of course, immediately got distracted from that project and painted some, not the Necromunda full Ogren gang box, but, but I bought the box. It's like the just the two extra Ogren. Yeah, One the, has the like Jotun a, Servitors or whatever they yeah. are. Yeah. I painted Great up the models. guy with the dual fists. Um,. Had a good time painting him. Little advice tip for anyone that wants to like practice painting flesh. Um, 
ogre and ogre models, especially the fantasy ogres, ogres. Uh, are a phenomenal way to be like, hmm, I want to like really like push the limits of like my flesh and like wet blending skills, mm-hmm. like base coat it in like a very deep shade, like almost brown. Uh, and highlight up to like a copper tone flesh or pale. So I did some of that. He doesn't have as much flesh exposed on him, like unlike the uh, big bellied, normally topless uh, fantasy ogres, but still a good bit of flesh, good good pudgy face to paint, practice eyes on. Uh, I'll send a picture of him. Yeah, went for like some hazard stripes on the cords, which of course, because you know that's what you would be put hazard stripes on your on everything on everything because you need to warn your enemy that they're about to get their head ripped off. Um, so the best part of third edition Power Fist is they were oh, all yeah. fucking hazard stripes. It's such a cool look. Um, so I tried to do some of that on him, mostly on the cords. Didn't do it on his fist. It's just like kind of left like a a, a charcoaly black, and I'm trying to get like a lightning field on him. That, that'll be like going back for final touches before yeah. before I varnish. Um, but you know, a fun model to like you know spend six hours on. Then I went to start my Skaven. Uh, mostly just trying to get a scheme for them, trying to figure a way to like. If I'm going to paint 40 to 60 of these guys, how can I do it fast? And it's like scale 75, deep red, which is like a corn red. For those who use like scale 75 or AK products, they are uh, more modeling than game paints. So they're a lot more matte in their finish, which is a look I like. But it also normally means they have no, unlike uh, Citadel paints or Vallejo game color, they have no varnish in them. So they will need varnish when they're done to avoid making them too matte. So that, like, some deep red highlighted of, like, a flesh tone a la how GW advertises doing flesh tear space marines. And then Vallejo Metal Color Steel, which is, like, a blackish steel for their yeah. armor and halberds. So you're uh, sticking with the uh, the classic kind of red Storm Vermin look? Yeah, probably do nice. 10 to 20 like that. And then I really want to push... I don't want to do, like, a checkered pattern, but, like, maybe a quartered pattern on a squad of, like, 10. I don't know, like a... Like some sort of like late Renaissance look, I don't know, like blue and like a light blue and yellow checkered. If I want to push, it would be is like my ideal for another squad, just to like you know, have some diversity on the table. I don't really know if Skaven would have a uniform factory. I feel uh, like that's too good for them. I mean, they're pillagers; they steal things. So get some looking like Marienburg color scheme going on. They, mm-hmm. they stole some circuits. Definitely so. not for the clan rats yeah. or the slaves, but if, if anybody yeah. has a uniform, it would be the storm vermin. Yeah, yeah I like the, the... the storm vermin are definitely like the more regimented force. Yeah, so maybe I'll check back in with that at a later date and see if I do push it to like, you know, not, not checkered, but like quartered pattern. Yeah. Blue and yellow. So I don't know, like a... I was looking at like late medieval like Scottish uh, line... Uh, Scottish... Uh, pikeman uniforms and i was like that's a cool look and it would be really funny on rats um yeah uh and that that was that was pretty much it. i made the mistake of making all the bases for those guys so 20 bases with uh vallejo sand washed of sepia dry brushed of a like a bone white and then i was like why did i do this 20 at a time and now i have to uh and then i just painted the ogren and then went back to this game and so <laughs> they'll be done someday um, I officially can't play them unpainted because I'm not going to glue them unprimed and unpainted on their base. Just bring the yeah. bases and say, these are storm vermin, trust me. <laughs> it's a new low. Just like, paint done this one base? of them and put him on the base and then have the other bases there. We we have, have had people at our shop come with just bases and they're like, I'm working on bases. it. And it's like, come on, man. No, <laughs> That's what blue tax for. 
Uh, yeah, blue tack. Play with just painted models is my normal take. Uh, do what my buddy Ben does. Ben, I love you. If you ever listen to this, uh, finish one of your goddamn armies before you buy another whole army. <laughs> oh, we know another guy like you, that, too. Is, <laughs> instead of having... Because uh, he's a beautiful painter, which drives me nuts. He shows up with his half... Pri- it's always primed. They're always all primed. And then you have like, wow, look at how gorgeous half your army is. I, I, I want you to have the joy of fielding your holy, holy painted, beautiful army. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that, that 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 bad, not great hobby progress for me, and that's actually all the hobbying I've done in the last four years, as I just mentioned. In fact, I'm the world's worst hobbyist. Wow, <laughs> Jesus! Yeah, you know, progress is progress, even if it's slow. It is. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I think I actually take the golden hobby progress over Andrew for once in the history of this podcast. Wow! So, to happen at least occasionally, folks. I know. So uh, so I finished up most of the stuff from Curse City. Uh, building it. It's almost all my hobby progress is building at this point right now. Ah, okay. So I built up the rest of the big guys out of it, the rest of the zombies out of it. I think I've got like three skeletons left. I was working on those just a little bit ago. Did uh, ten more zombies for my Soul Black Grave Lords in the actual zombie kit. Finished up the entire rest of the box of the Black Templar stuff. So I believe that was uh, the last seven guys in the squad. The Emperor's Champion finished him up. And got the Redemptor Dread built with the Plasma Cannon, because that thing's amazing. Got a, um, uh, what is that, the Impulsor. Got it partially built. I only built it part of the way, because I realized when I went to go put another piece on, if I put it on, there's no way in hell my big-ass hands are getting in there and painting the inside of it. So uh, so it's just like 60% built until I get it painted on the inside. And then I uh, got a chaplain on bike built in paint. Or just built. Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. It's awesome. Oh, and uh, I painted... Uh, it really is. And then I painted the test uh, scheme for my Templars on an Assault Intercessor I had. Got some jewelry chain. Cut that down to actually chain his weapons on so he looks good. But, uh, oh, boy. Edge highlighting is a skill I do not have yet. It is. That is brutal to do. I am uh, certainly no master at it. It does. It does take a lot of practice and patience. Yeah, I, I've done the dry brush thing on Space Marines. I just, I really want a crisp-looking army. So on all my assault intercessors, I'm going to paint all of them first because I will use them the least, which seems counterproductive to paint a bunch of stuff I'll not really well, use a that's lot. That's a practice. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah, I hit them all black, and then I do a, um, what is it, Shyish Purple is the contrast. I hit that over all the black, then I edged it in Skaven Blight Dinge, and then, uh, I'm sorry, not Skaven Blight Dinge, um, Storm Vermin Fur, the the dark gray, and then uh, a very thin edge highlight of Dawnstone, and then I hit the edges of everything with the Levadon blue contrast to kind of pull it back down. Super thinned out like a glaze. So, And of course, red weapons. Because they just look so much better on Templars. It's got to be red weapons or uh, mm-hmm. hazard stripes. I mean, those are your only options. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. And uh, I think I found the trick to the white shoulder pads. Mm. And that's in between every like thing I paint. So like I did, I did the, the purple on it. Then I put a layer of white on the shoulder pads. And then I did the first edge highlight. I did a layer of white on the shoulder. Just between every step, I just put a layer of white super thin on the shoulder pads. And it actually ended up nice. And I didn't sit there staring at fucking half white shoulder pads for an hour for each layer to dry. I was doing something else while it was drying. 
move. Uh, <laughs> always consider uh, you're building up to white yellow. This works too. Watering down your paint with both water and like a ink that matches white. It's easy to get it to match because well, white's white. So like yeah. yeah, a couple drops like acrylic ink thins the paint down without. I didn't even think adding. about that. Yeah, it's, that's I don't paint when I I don't paint much white, but when I do. I use acrylic ink. <laughs> so I tend to use, for whites, I don't like uh, ceramite white or Corax white or whatever the hell the Citadel uh, one is. Yeah, those are I, terrible. I don't, like, I don't even like the Scale 75 whites. What I use is the White Scar air paint because it's super thin already and you thin it out just a little bit more and it's still really highly pigmented. Hmm. That's a good, I, I use Vallejo air model. Not ghost gray because it's the game color, but it's like it's 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 gray white. It's just a yeah. tone darker than white, um, and then you know white. I, I think I, I use the scale seventy five white uh, to highlight up. But yeah, oh, God, white. It's the worst. I, I, worst way to do. I it. do use white scar yeah. and uh, Corax white, and it's a fucking pain because half the time when I open the bottle, it's just become chalk. Yeah, those are they're, they're yeah. just objectively bad paints. And GW, just you're just a mark. You're just buying. GW every time they like, look at this guy buying more Corax white, not knowing that it's just chalk. Yeah, that's the only bad paint that I've really dealt with in their range. Though. Yeah, they're pretty amazing otherwise, but their whites are pretty dog shit. <sighs> Inky by Darkness is the base coat for my my Space Marines, my Dark Angels. That's and the uh, a, the like greenish black one, right? Yeah, it's like a green. I, I'm colorblind, and I always oh, God thought damn it. it was like a like a, like a dark turquoise. That, that is what it's kind of supposed is. to be. Yeah, yeah, okay. but that's a it's a good color, consistently a bad pigment to the point that I'm kind of replacing mm. it with a scale 75. I think it's archaic turquoise. See, I, I have a couple pots of that, and it's it's never been an issue for me. Maybe you just got really unlucky and got a bad one. <laughs> they, they're that that's what they're getting me with. Yeah. Like, oh. And then I picked up a handful of Turbo Dork paints, the cool, like, color-shifting metallics to play with on something or another. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, I've played with them on, um, if you look at my um, my gun barrels on my guard tanks, Andrew, the Punisher cannon, yeah. that's, um, oh, I don't remember the one that it is. It's one of the scale, that's, fuck. It's one of the uh, Turbo Dorks I picked up a while back that's, like, heat distortion. Where it gets kind of that, so that it gives it, sort yeah, of thing. It's, yeah, it's like uh, it's like black to purple to blue to orange. That feels like it'd be. I don't, I don't. Slapping it straight on might not work, but that feels like something that could make a really interesting power sword look. Yeah, so yeah. That's, I, I picked up one um, to try that with. I also picked up one to play around with, uh, like a, a Sisters of Battle. It's called a Mother Load. It's a Mother of Pearl colored one. You gonna do like uh, so, the armor with that, or? Yeah, I was thinking. I was totally the idea of trying to paint one up with that pearlescent armor. That'd be cool. So, you know, use a uh, kind of blued steel on everything else. So it's basically a fucking fancy Colt 1911. <laughs> Fine American engineering, yeah, so, uh, making it way into the 41st millennium. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's that's all my hobby progress, though. Uh, so got any any games in, Andrew? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> It was uh, not a productive week. I uh, uh, spent the weekend Apparently. juggling, trying to figure out my 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 D and D campaign with my my group I've been playing with for four years, and uh, it just kind of fucked with all of my plans. So, um, gotcha. What about you, Michael? What you what you uh, playing recently? I get uh, three most recent hits in. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I played a game of Age of Sigmar. I think a twelve fifty point game with my buddy JP. Game over That's after work one day. Weird hit set for Sigmar. And we just, I wanted to ju bring only things I had painted uh, 
of my Trogoth army. Uh, and it's just going to be a casual, like, we just played an open play mission, and he brought his wonderfully painted uh, Soulblight Gravelord's army with a big blob of zombies. Um, and Radicar, not the Cursed City version, but the more the wolfy beast. version. Uh, the Beast. The Beast. Um, the woman you mentioned, you guys mentioned your last podcast, the vampire with the long the base that accommodates her Lady, yeah that i can never remember I her name it's, yeah uh, annika? annika yeah yeah. Like, yeah and another some dire wolves and i believe another vampire character and um he got first turn moved on to all the objectives and then my trogues uh first had a really good round of shooting from fell waters and then some good uh not the sh- shooting but like the ability to throw mm-hmm. rocks from my rock gut trogs my list was all trogs like i said two Trog boss, Dankhold Trogoth, and I think even number of Fellwaters and Rock Guts. Uh, and then I made all my charges and ripped <laughs> his armor like? apart. Uh, it was, yeah, it was brutal. And I was like, all right. And I, you know, it was just being like, we've opened the game. I was like, yeah, you know, the uh, Dankhold Trog boss gets four attacks and, you know, hitting on this, winning on this. And I was joking, you know, if everything goes through, he can do like. 24 wounds in a turn, which is pretty D6 good. D6 damage a hit. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then I proceeded to do with that, like, 20 damage from his attacks, and I was like, oh, that stinks. Yeah. You. Um, then my dank old trog, trog off, the non-boss version, uh, get him in there, and it's like, it's like, well, he only gets three attacks, so he can only max out at 16, or 18 wounds. It's like, he, I, all three hit, all three wound, all three go through, and I roll three sixes. Ooh, Jesus. Um, you're on the wrong podcast, buddy. Yeah, and then it's just like, <laughs> it's just like, wow. Um, and we went. I think we'll just play two turns, and like top of the next turn, he's like, "Oh, you're gonna table me." I think we only got two turns because I got a double turn, and he was like, "Well, you're gonna table me this turn." And like it was a little late, and we we would just bullshit the entire game, and like he's like, "Yeah, like there's no there's nothing I can do." Um, and I was like, "Just want to sit and watch YouTube videos for a bit because." <laughs> <laughs> you had, had a drink might as well as sit and relax for a little yeah, it's yes, like sir. yeah yeah cause you're there's nothing I can do cause I he, he just rolled really bad I rolled really well stomped him and, so hard uh, you had to pull up fucking PewDiePie videos <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, put, we put on uh, what culture horror videos and we watched a thing about, like is it like a there's like listicle videos or horror movies and I was like we were watching um stuff about Hellraiser, and he runs a awesome Warhammer fantasy RPG session uh, campaign with me in it, and I'm like, dude, you need to watch the Hellraiser movies, because they're just about Slaneshi artifacts. Has he never like, seen Hellraiser? Yes, I was like, I was like, dude, you got to. It's one of my favorite movies, just because the Cenobites are so evocative. Yeah. Really? Uh, and I was like, dude, there needs to only watch the one. <laughs> there's uh, a lot of yeah, very bad true. sequels. There's a lot of very bad ones, but like, I was like, no, Andrew, there's only one. Good. Yes. I believe there are nine movies if you count no, all no, no. to DVD. Oh, there is God. only one. And they they did what every bad horror genre or horror uh, franchise does, and of course they went to space. <laughs> Those are usually the best. The proper thing to do if you don't go to space with your horror <laughs> franchise, you're not a horror now, franchise. Now what they really need is they need to have Hellraiser in space, and you know Pinhead's up there, and he finds Jason, and then they meet up with the Leprechaun. <laughs> And they no, meet up you, with. You've already had Freddy versus Jason. What you need is Hellraiser versus Phantasm. <laughs> Hellraiser versus Phantasm on the ship from Event Horizon, which I'm pretty sure the ship is called Event Horizon. Yeah, the it was the the, uh, the Event Horizon was the big ship. What was their ship called? Uh, oh, that's a good it was the question. Lewis and Clark. Yes, I watched this oh, like I watched it like two weeks ago. Is the only reason I remember nice. that. 
Yeah, I've movies... been watching The Expanse and I'm loving it. Uh, I haven't seen The Expanse, but it's good. Kicks ass. I'll check Expanse out. Um, so we, yeah, that we, you know, that resolved just unfairly well for me. And then I, uh, I'm in a Necromunda Lost Lost Zone campaign, Lost Zone invented by Dan Boyd, of uh, bad cast fame or infamy. Mm-hmm. And I've played a game with uh, Primaris Kevin Genson of Goonhammer. Uh, he does the Hammer of Math articles. They're really interesting. If anyone here's a yeah. math geek, great guy, wonderful guy. And we met for Necro- we'd met we'd played before the Goonhammer Open. Then we uh, joined this Necromunda campaign he was in. And it was my Goliath, uh, my Super Mario Brothers themed Goliath against his awesome yellow painted Vansar. The mission was escort a robot into a Archaeotech vault. Um, mission works we'll get into uh, basically had to use intelligence checks to activate the robot and get in the vault. And uh, my Goliaths are, Goliath are all very dumb. And several members of my Goliath gang, I even Gene Smith to be even dumber, so they have better cool checks, which is basically a leadership check. They're, in they're so stupid they uh, don't care if they're getting shot at. Yeah, yeah, they like they 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 cannot. They are the and they shall open no doors, gang. <laughs> uh, and so my objective was, I am just going to shoot the robot and shoot all his guys around that robot with my gang of Melta guns and bolters. Um. He won off deployment, deployed much better than me, both just he won a good spot and I deployed badly. So he got to the robot pretty quick, and he, the Vansar have solid intelligence, so he was able to pretty consistently activate it. So I spent the game just trying to shoot the damned robot and his guys. Um, had two awesome times where uh, one of my gangers of a bolter hit the robot with three heavy bolter shots, heavy bolters, uh, not heavy bolter, regular bolter, which is a rapid fire weapon. I hit, and I hit on the firepower die, as we'll discuss, I hit three shots, and I was like, this is perfect. I'm wounding on fives, but here we go. Both times I failed to wound. Like, so a total of six chances to get five ups to wound. I only need to get like two or three through, and they all failed. So he ended up winning in a very fun game. There were a few just moments of awesome bloodiness, like, uh, Another time, one of my grenade launcher guys fired, hit, bounced, and hit the grenade bounced, hit two of his guys, knocked both off the platform, one immediately dying. And as we get into in Necromunda, there's nothing more satisfying than when they fail their save, you roll, you roll your injury dice, and that one in six skull pops up for immediate death, mm-hmm. like immediately out of action. And that just like, yeah, your guy's just, you're dead, and I hate him, and he's splattered across the underhive. Um, but he ended up winning. It was a great time. We had some bond me after, uh, and it was an awesome game because we played at the uh, local games workshop in uh, Springfield, Virginia. So we had like a full sector mechanicus board, nice. like three tiers, awesome painted terrain, stuff I'd love to have at home but don't have the time, energy, space, or talent for. Um, <laughs> or the, the girlfriend with the patience. Sorry, wife. With the <laughs> or, or my or my wife. Uh, you know, I want her. I love her. And I want her to stay with me and not. Watch me overtake the House of Sector Mechanicus terrain. That uh, sounds like a really good opportunity to teach her how to build and paint terrain and play Necromunda. Uh, she I'm does play Necromunda with me. Uh, she also likes when the house is not a disorganized mess, and I am the sole causer of that problem. Um, right, that's fair. But uh, yeah, so good game. Didn't win, but yeah, that, we got one more game left in that campaign. I'm hoping just to. My, guy, my my leader now has a plasma cannon. I look forward to him either killing himself or killing everybody with it. 
Uh, but that's Very that's nice. the summation of my games. Uh, so, fuck you, JP. That's what you get for bringing your gorgeous army to my house. <laughs> is me is me stomping you in such a way. Uh, long story short, I JP used to play 40k and quit out of just like you know not enjoying it. But I like to joke that I tabled him in his first game of Ninth Edition and made him quit 40k. It's a running <laughs> running joke in our club that I. Wiped him off the table, and he rage quit the entire system. Oof. Well, uh, other than rolling ridiculous for your damage, I, I have personally found that trogs do tend to excel at low point games, but once you get to, like, yeah, full do. trogs at about 2,000, that's when it starts to really go the other way. Oh, yeah. My, uh, like, the first, like launch weekend of Age of Sigmar 3, I had my buddy John over, and I was, I'm new to the system relatively. I played, like, two games of two. He just started playing. And he had a Stormcast from the Dominion box, and it was just me, just in like three games over the course of a six-hour evening, just tabling him, just because Trogs just kill Stormcast on a wound. Like it's because they if, they, if, they if, have if good they rend. Yeah, they have good rend, and they do three damage. So it's like, oh, your uh, two wound Stormcasts are dead and a half. Uh, sorry, bud. <laughs> like, but yeah, beyond that, you know, once you have like a two K point game, it's like, oh, what's this? I'm dead. Oh, I can't take an objective. Oh, yeah. We, they only have four wounds a model. They, oh, they got to get the uh, the third edition update where they have some kind of feel no pain save and the capacity to deal mortal wounds. That's that's the yeah. the gets main problem right now. Yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. Ah, so uh, Tony, you alluded to a not particularly great game. You want to tell the listeners about that one? <laughs> oh, I was a game against Will. I lost. Moving on. <laughs> no, no, no. We get details. <laughs> God damn it. Step by step, I want an epitaph for every dead model. (laughs) Oh, what's going to be Here lies brother fuckers, died horribly to orc. (laughs) Alright, so so I got the Black Templar stuff. I've been building it. (coughs) Pardon me. And I've been, uh, you know, I was like, alright, I was a Black Templar player way back in the day. Like, third edition, I played Black Templars with, uh, with Codex Armageddon. So when the new stuff came out, like, I had to have it. So playing, uh, see, my list was very not optimized. It was um, a repulsor, not the executioner, just a normal repulsor, a crusader squad, marshal, an emperor's champion, a redeemer, an outrider squad, two ten-man assault intercessor squads. But my, my big hitter was five blade guard, the emperor's champion, in an impulsor with five uh, hell blasters that ran with him. I was like, like that should make short work of anything. So it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was against Will's orcs. He was playing a mix of goths and snake bites. So a bunch of the new beast snaga stuff, snake bites, and then Gaz. Um, uh, oh, what's his little buddy's name? Makari. Makari. I, I want to say Marathi. I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> I'd love to see that on the table, though. <laughs> My little buddy Marathi, the thirty foot tall snake yeah. goddess. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so uh, he's running that in a battle wagon. Uh, he gets first turn. He moves up a little bit. Doesn't really do anything. Doesn't declare his wire or anything. Uh, so on my first turn, I move up my force. We're playing. It's uh, the four objectives. You know, it's it's your basic control one, control two, control more. My first turn, I move up. I whip my impulsor over to the right flank to deal with gas and stuff like that. Uh, but I forgot you can't move vehicle, then get out and charge. Because, yeah, so I, I screwed that up. So I put them way on my right flank thing, and I can just whip them forward the next turn. 
uh, my Outriders charged in, killed uh, all of one of the new Beast Snaga dudes riding the things. Uh, my Hellblasters opened up and promptly removed an entire squad of orcs. Then my Redemptor Dreadnought ended up gunning down one of his uh, his three Dreadnoughts he had running at me. And I was like, okay, that's an okay first turn. My charges happened, you know, those guys got in. Uh, I charged his bikers with five of my Assault Intercessors, uh, who promptly slapped at him a bunch and did absolutely nothing. So turn two rolls around. Oh, and I, I failed almost all of my charges to try and get to him. They were like seven and eight inch rerollable charges. I whiffed every one of them except for uh, the Outriders. Dice like ice. Tur Dice like yeah, ice. Right. Turn two rolls around. He declares his law. Gaz gets out. Everything he has makes it into contact on my line. So his entire army, with the exception of one Dreadnought, uh, his two Ruckatruck Squid Buggies, and um, one mob of boys, I think. Everything else was in combat with my army and just absolutely wrecked me. Uh, my chaplain had the fight first litany up, swung at three more little beast snagged dudes with lances, killed one of them, uh, and then got beaten to death by his uh, the, the big guy, the boss killer on, I don't know, Dino Boss or whatever the fuck <laughs> it is. Beast Boss on Squigasaur. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I said. Boss killer on Dino Bot, yeah. Beast Boss on Dinosaur, whatever. Uh, we had a, a classic cripple fight between my Dreadnought and his Dreadnought. Uh, the Redemptor wins in that fight <laughs> nine times out of ten. Uh, so then when it rolled around to the bottom of turn two, which is my turn, I had 780 or so points of my 2,000-point army too far away to do anything, and the entire rest of his army was almost alive. So we went ahead and just called it there because... Uh, I was not coming back from that one, unfortunately. Yeah. So uh, position your shit, guys, because if you don't, you'll lose hard. Or don't fight orcs, because orcs is the best, and they always win. Oh, here we go again. Always win. The question <laughs> is, you didn't mention it, at least, did you always overcharge with your Hellblasters? I actually didn't, because there were only f six guys left, and I have the assault one, so I was shooting three shots from each. So I was firing 15 shots at three guys. Well, sounds like cowardice. That's that's yeah. what lost you the game. Yeah, that's Literally. it. That's clearly what lost you. Always some be karma. overcharging. Yeah. yeah, right. It's my own fucking fault. But uh, we talked, uh, he's going to run the same list again against me when I get more of the Black Templar stuff in. Because that was about as unoptimized of a Templar list as I could take. Yeah. So I've, uh, all that stuff goes for pre-order this Saturday. So I'm going to go hog wild into it. Because uh... Hellbreck throws 14 attacks out. I thought all <laughs> Black Templar needed was a chainsword and rage. And that, were, that was it. That's all they needed yeah. to win. Wait, did, did you say which vow you took for the game? Oh, I took, um, I believe it was, uh, oh god, I can't think of the name of it. I'm assuming it's you took the, the one... five up invulnerable save, right? Uh, actually, I didn't actually. Because it was against orcs he didn't have a whole lot of high pen stuff uh fair yeah it was like minus one and minus two ap stuff across his board okay, with very yeah. little exception so i took the one where i always count as being in the assault doctrine in close combat very so nice. i was having minus two rend on everything uh which didn't matter because i still needed fives to wound because they're all t5 and apparently a gene enhanced space marine can't uh chop through a shirtless orc with a chainsaw yeah. sword yeah, you know, the T five orc is good. especially snake bites. They have they have yeah. um, they have transhuman, right? Is the snake? Yep, bite they have thing. transhuman. Yep, or trans orc. And... Yeah, trans. No, no, it's just orc. Yeah. There's no trans nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, just orc. Days, days just green mushroom men. Uh, 
we we and, got uh, the um the backside thing of mine the the downside on it was I can't fall back from combat, which is like oh that's not gonna be a big deal. Turns out that was a big deal because I'm stupid and I forgot about playing Age of Sigmar and you can't just shoot into close combats. Nope, not unless you are a vehicle or a monster. No, 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 like shoot into other close combats. Oh, other close combats. You can also not do yep. that. Yeah, unless you got a pistol. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, I've got a little bit of a uh, rules bleed going on in my brain hole after playing Sigmar exclusively for like three and a half months prepping for a fucking tournament. That'll definitely yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that was uh, the only game I had. Uh, I don't say played, because playing implies it was a competition for Will. <laughs> you rolled some dice, you know. Technically, I did roll some dice. They were like Hams ice, were but... slammed. Hams were slammed, and then they immediately hit the ground dead. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's uh, that's all uh, That's all the games I got played. Uh, all right. So, uh, as we alluded to earlier, this is going to be our uh, Necromunda episode today so uh, we're gonna go ahead and roll into that this is gonna be a decently long one folks so you might want to go ahead and uh buckle into your i don't know grav harness let's go with grav harness if you have a second buckle into your grav harness but you're in the under hive and your grav harness hasn't been repaired in like 500 years so you're going to die horribly in this accident Ooh, and it's gonna look cool buckle in buckle into your refined corpse starch feeding bag yeah, you're <laughs> lucky if the rogue doc will harness even a few of your organs to, sh- right. to slam in some other dumb juve. So what we're saying is, if you have a second beer, now's the time to crack it open. Ooh, I've had my nice. one very high APV Shit. beer, and I am good. <laughs> I cracked my o- other beer off, I said off camera. It was off camera. <laughs> <laughs> off camera. I believe we've all done everything off camera today. Buddy. I am not lying when I say that. Oh, man. All right, so, uh, so let's talk a little bit about what Necromunda is. So Necromunda is a very interesting combination of a role-playing game and Warhammer. So what we mean by that is you have a gang, and your gang actually levels up, levels up, quote-unquote, they gain experience, skills, equipment, and injuries between games. And money! Making that money! In between all of their games. Uh, or they just die tragically, and, and you just start a new game. Yeah, <laughs> falling off of rails, lit on fire, falling in holes, being eaten by a by mutant sewer crocodile. Uh, I believe that's called a Gru. <laughs> I think it was a sump croc. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, so our resident uh, Necromunda expert here is Michael. You want to uh, explain a little bit about the setting of Necromunda? Yes, the setting in Necromunda takes place on the planet of Necromunda, which is, one, the name of the game. And (laughs) if you have the Necrocore rulebook or pretty much any, like, GW-published map of the galaxy, you'll see that it's a planet relatively close to Holy Terra herself. Um, And it's, it's typical of most Imperial Hive planets. It's made up of Hive cities, which, of course, Hive cities are towering skyscrapers of buildings where the um, you know the core of the city is dug to draw heat from the thermal core of the planet the worst the worst off of the poor the outcasts of society mutants and such live in the very bottom dregs and then it progressively gets quote unquote better till you hit the top yeah. where you have like nobles of the imperium who live 
probably just okay lives, I have to imagine. It's the Imperium. It's not like they're doing great. Um, I mean, have, I feel like it's an okay life for us, but for them, it's it's absolutely yeah. fantastic. They have clean water yeah. and only ten yeah. digits in, on their on their hands. I mean, you know. yeah, Ooh. and um, they can breathe air with their actual lungs. Yeah, yeah. And the the short and sweet story of why it's a Necromoon and not just any generic hive planet, although the conditions of Necromoon reflect a lot of hive planets. See the Warhammer crime novels for evidence. Um, you are on a planet where the various guilds, which are the houses you see in the Necromunda gangs, like Cawdor, Escher, Goliath, um, vying for control of their various trades, use underhive gangers to fight over territories. Uh, that's where you get the name of your like the name of your houses. So like you'll be like for example, I collect House Goliath, and then I have a gang that that is subservient to House Goliath, uh, and they fight these battles in the underhive for control of, you know, you know, really whatever you want your campaign to be about. Archaeotech and some lost hives, uh, you know, gambling rackets, uh, drug trades, all that kind of stuff. It, it is, it is you know, really a underworld skirmish game role-playing system. Yeah, um, if, I, if I understand this correctly, it's the greater houses are actually noble houses. Like, they're pretty up there in the spine. Yep. Correct? Exactly. And they're using the criminals and scum of the Underhive to kind of, like, jockey for better position and things like that. Yeah. By basically just sending out, I don't know, yeah, they're the, mooks the, and bodies who can get just yeah, absolutely the, murdered. They don't give a shit about The it. guys you are playing in Necromunda are not the movers and shakers of the planet no. of Necromunda. No, um, they move and shake, but that's only because yeah. they haven't actually had their drugs or they're having what's wrong Their Their job is to fight and die to maintain some semblance of control for House Helimar. I can't not pronounce his name wrong. Who's the, the governing house yeah. of Necromunda. Um, who's been the governing house in Necromunda for, if I recall, about 3,000 years as of the 41st millennium. Um, so you're battling on the other hive. Um, traditionally, the game, especially in the previous version that was released in the 90s, which I've never played, but I'm like aware it's of the history. Great. I heard it's good. Uh, used to be like you, you guys have like, you know, stub guns, the odd last gun, and the rare plasma or bolt gun. Uh, the game has yeah. sort of, we can get into, has sort of escalated in terms of tech, but mostly because, you know, shiny toys are shiny, and that's, you know, developed. But, you know, you are battling it out for <laughs> gang warfare stuff in the 41st millennium, so it's all the greediness of 40k, but as we said, we talked about this before, it's sort of the civilian setting for 40k. You're not battling mm-hmm. it out on some... Uh, Emperor Forsaken Hell World against the Tyranid Foe, or trying to capture slaves to bring back to Kamara. You are just an idiot ganger running around the Underhive with a ramshackle gun, shooting other idiot gangers, and you're probably a Juve, which is a ch- literal child soldier. That's yeah, a child soldier. <laughs> I mean, this is the the micro to the uh, the giant battles. Like this is. On a granular yeah. level. Hey, kid, yeah. you like violence? You want to get paid? All right, oh, we, here's your pistol made out of scrap metal. Get in there. Yeah. Jumping ahead to Ooh, mechanics. I think we found our pull quote. <laughs> 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 
the jump, jumping into mechanics is a bit of a joke. If I, the, the worst result you can have when a ganger of yours permanently dies is 66, I believe, on a D6 roll. And it's memorable death. It, essentially, it gives XP, it gives extra XP to whoever killed you. But the joke between me and my friends is uh, there's no memorable death in Necromunda because yeah. no one gives a shit about you. Um, it, it, it's, it, it is the... It, Necromunda has a rule system that allows for like a bit of funniness. Like, oh, I took a shot down the hallway, but I was out of range, so it missed. And then I... But I overcharged, so my plasma gun exploded and killed me, or uh, I fell into this vat of acid or rendering paste or whatever. So goofy things, but like it is in a way the grim darkest, or one of the grim darkest bits of the setting you can get because it's it's total nobodies fighting for uh, hive nobles in the worst living conditions you can possibly imagine. Like um, like it makes living in like a 1920s uh, tenement paying protection money to the mob <laughs> look like a like heaven on earth. And also, uh, it's grim. <laughs> it's got the rules to have like that granularity as well where you can have that sort of thing where it's like, oh, I go to shoot, my gun jams and explodes, and now three oh. of my gangers are on fire. <laughs> Absolutely. And that, that's part of what the getting the rules it was so wonderful of the game is um, it's a skirmish game, but it can take, if you're playing a large game, you know, three hours because it, it is a both in-depth and very goofy game uh it has really in my opinion the best of both worlds in that way of like <laughs> you will laugh more playing necromunda than you will any other 40k yeah. game well, you can or have... any other games workshop game i would argue oh uh, baby blood bowl which i don't know which is intentionally goofy. Uh, yeah uh, but like, because yeah, you'll have like first one game, my ganger with my of his bolter and laser sight will, you know, run across the scaffolding and he'll take out like four enemy orlocks, just racking up body kills. And the next game, he will have to make a jump, fail the jump, fall into a like, uh, unfortunately placed set of like whirling bl- blades that reduces him to sausage paste and shoots him out. Sausage and then I've just lost. Uh, I've just lost 200 credits worth of ganger. I've had literally that happen to me. Both of those scenarios with the same character. R.I.P. Waluigi. We hardly knew ya. <laughs> yeah, in, uh, in old Necromunda, I had a, um, uh, what are they, rat skins, I believe is what they were called. Yeah. <laughs> they were the kind of racist awful. Native American knockoffs. Yeah. Yeah. They were a bit, yeah. Or, yeah, or always is like, not the most I really want to you always see like on Reddit, people are like, oh, I hope they reboot those. It's like, I hope they do it in a way that they don't have a rule to get like addicted to fire water, which is, if yeah, I recall, that's true. Yeah. It's like, it's yeah, like gotta... yeah. It was like 2002 when I played it. Yeah, no, no, no. It, it was okay. Then. <laughs> yeah, we just didn't. I mean, like you know, it's a, it's one of the you know early GW things. It's sort of like the yeah. you read it, like kind of pull on your shirt collar, like oops. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, I had uh, an entire one of my gangs. It was like, I don't know, maybe the third or fourth game we played. And I think I had seven, seven or eight gangers. And five of them died, died. I was like, well, this gang's gone. Yep. I've, I've, I've played campaigns where someone not has dropped. They just come back to something else. It's like, yeah, I yeah. took a beating in that gang and all of my guys are dead. Not recovering. I, I came back as Arbites. Yeah, nice. I am the law. Yeah. <laughs> your characters uh. beat your gang became a bunch of class traders. Yeah, pretty much. 
Uh, all right, so let's let's talk a little bit about what you actually need to play Necromanda, because it is fairly different what you need to to play this than you do to play Warhammer or Age of Sigmar yeah. or anything like that. So and- Necromanda is played generally. There's there's two styles. There's um oh what is it Undercity is the the one that came in the first box set Underhive 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 that Underhive is also the name of this edition of Necromunda. Ah, okay. As opposed to and it, just it's played, Yeah, it's played on tiles that are, it's like flat ground, like you're, you're fighting in tunnels. It's tunnel fighting. It's very cramped, close quarter mm-hmm. fighting. And then there's, what is the other one even called? I just know it is Sector Mechanics. Oh, no, yeah. No, it's it's, you think Zone Mortalis and Sector Mechanics. Um, okay. The, okay. Those lines got kind of, yeah, Zone Mortalis was not two-dimensional, but like you'd play on a flat surface and it was assumed that the walls... Whether you have models for the walls or just using like a draw a, a printed map, it is assumed yeah. that the walls are infinitely high, and thus you cannot you know move vertically in it. So yeah. So, and then the other one is what? What is it called? Uh, it is Sector Mechanicus, named after. Sector, okay, it is Sector Mechanicus. Yeah. yeah. Although so that that's go ahead. I said that line has been blurred because the Dark Uprising box had what they called Zone Mortalis tiles or Zone Mortalis terrain that could be played on three-dimensionally. Zone Mortalis. So it's... <laughs> Zone Mortalis. I, I, I understand there used to be, like, a delineation of rules between the two. Now it's sort of, like... It's I, blended together yeah, a bit. I like Zone Mortalis because it's easy if you're going to, like, a bar or somewhere. It's easy to bring, mm-hmm. like, literally just a printed map and be like, these are the walls. Uh, like, bring a laser pointer to see if you can see, see someone and it's like, just bring that in your models, and you're good. I do that all the time in different bars around Northern Virginia. Catch me and throw some hands, folks. And by that, I mean some dice. Do not assault me, please. <laughs> yeah. So what? Uh, what we played in the older style was what is now the second mechanic style, where like it's a four by four usually, and it is tall. Like it's hyper dense ruins usually, and very tall. So you have like all this all this terrain, you've got a bunch of like scatter terrain around and it's, it is a visually pleasing game. Like if you're, if you're walking through a shop and you see this giant four by four table with, you know, two and a half feet high of terrain on top of it, generally you're going to stop and watch. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a very cool game. It is a gorgeous sight. Um, mm-hmm. And of course I said, playing to the rules of the, Oh, I got hit. I got to make my yeah. uh, initiative test to see if I fall. I fall. It's really fun when one of your dudes just Homer Simpsons his way down like four catwalks <laughs> and then survives when he hits the bottom because all the falls were only like three inches. <laughs> he's like, he's alive! And then he immediately just gets walked up to and curb stopped by somebody and killed. Always coup de gras. Yeah, always. Uh, it's like, oh, hey, cool, I've got a grab shoot. Uh, I'm going to jump down after your boss and stomp his skull in real there's quick. There's nothing like a game where one of the actions possible is stepping on the enemy's head until they're dead. I feel like uh, uh, The Simpsons applies a lot to how Necromund <laughs> is. You get blasted yeah, very true. You get blasted through a wall, smash into a guy, you do your best Ralph Wiggum. <laughs> I'm a brick. Hold on. I'm in danger. Hold on, buying some more yellow paints for my next Goliath gang to be Simpsons-themed. <laughs> oh, or I'll do versus. I'll have like an Escher, Escher led by Marge, Goliath. Yeah, I was about to say Homer. what? Uh, what would work well for a Simpsons gang? You had to have Snake the criminal. Um, yeah. 
I feel like Orlocks would be the best. Orlocks would look good because Orlocks are a mixed um, or have both genders. Goliath are all, yeah. all male. Um, male presenting. And the Simpsons weren't, you know, gene enhanced muscle bunch. Buddies. They were not. No. Um, the Goliaths recently released some some beefy girls, didn't they? I think of some of they, the the gene forged or whatever they're called. I thought they they still they might be because I'm understanding they're normally actually because they have natural born ones who might be otherwise. It actually, be, their whole thing is it could just be women. that they that they're so fucking yoked you can't tell they're women. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, Escher are all men or all women and women? Yeah. and they, like their men of their of their house are like literally like old decrepit men literally kept for um. Yeah, for the only thing that the Escher think they're good for, uh, and also extracting their blood for various poisons. Um, mm, poisons. And uh, Deloc now are the officially like they're kind of going with like a non-gendered route for Deloc because they've historically been the uh, strange and mysterious gang anyway. And yeah, they, they they've always been very androgynous. Yeah, the models are always androgynous. They which never is, really had hair on them, which um, uh, is kind of an issue on the tabletop because I could never fucking tell which model was which when I was playing my Delac <laughs> game, which is why I you, sold them. You you can't tell which model is the one with the stub gun who's hunched yeah, over slightly. Which, which one of my my bald trench coat wearing mooks is the one that happens to have yeah. the gun I'm trying to shoot right now? Yeah. Uh, Tina is the one that smells like burning and is smoking a little bit. <laughs> I taste burning. Uh, Goliath do have a model that ha- is smoking a cigar, which is both the coolest yeah, and the it. hardest to paint. Because like, how do I? T- what color do I paint cigar ash? <laughs> hardest to assemble too, from what I hear. Just that that cigar oh, yeah. is so easy to lose. You need tweezers. Glue the cigar onto the bit, onto the head, while the cigar is still attached to the sprit. Yes, absolutely. Um, Pro tip. There's your hobby tip for the day. <laughs> Covered half the gangs, which I cannot cover. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, so, but yeah, the, the other things <laughs> you actually need to play. Yes, play, uh, play. So, <laughs> yeah, you've got your core rule book, which is going to have all your basic rules for the gang. And then now each gang has their own rule book, which is House of Something. Mm-hmm. Faith, Chains, uh, I don't know, Dumpster Trash, whatever it happens to be. It's House of Something. And it's like a codex for the gang. And it's also going to have some of the hired guns, which are like the bounty hunters of the Necromunda world, in those books with them. Yeah, because yeah, they had a really big issue before those books came out where there was like 12 books and you weren't sure which fucking one you needed. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they had the like gang each book war. had two or three gangs in it. And then they released a compilation that was Gang War, which all you needed was Gang War in the rule. Yeah, yeah. And um, then House of... God, what is what is the yeah, Goliath you, one called? House Goliath of Chains, is House of Chains, Chains, right? Yeah, then House of Chains came out, and Goliath was super powered compared to everyone else. Yeah, you basically have a, all their special rules. They have codexes now, essentially. Yep. Um, and we'll say, if you're buying these, if you're if you're like me, and I look over at my stack of codexes going back to seventh edition, I never played seventh edition forty <laughs> k. Back to seventh edition, <laughs> um, adorable. I just I just keep the co- I just buy the codexes. If you're someone who likes paging through some lore, these rule books are packed with timelines, yeah, neat events, histories of the gangs, cool grim dark bullshit. Um, really cool artwork. Yo, Necromunda artwork is some of the best because yeah, it real, very takes real grim dark. Yeah, grim, yeah, it's really grim dark. It's super like Blanchetsu style in a lot of it. Too. Yeah, Necromunda is a labor of love. For both the game designers and for the players, um, yeah. it's, it's GW's coolest game system. 
Uh, sorry, people who like new Kill Team or whatever. You're just playing the wrong Kill, uh, Kill Team is baby Necromunda. Game. It is. It's. Yeah. I don't want to get the Kill Team bashing because I, <laughs> like we're not bashing Kill Team. It's just not nearly as granular. It's and, just you it, know, it, yeah. it's, it has like the faux RPG sort of stuff to it, but not nearly as much as like Necromunda does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kill Team I'll play over some beers. Necromunda is what I devote my my love and yeah. passion to in terms yeah. of skirmish games. So, speaking of how granular it is, uh, Michael, can you give us kind of a rundown on how a general turn round, whatever you want to call yeah. it, of Necromunda actually goes real quick? So, Necromunda kind of like is that. a alternating activation game, and each ganger in your game, gang, has two activations, uh, where they can... They have an active, so they have, they have one activation each where they can take two actions. Actions are broken up into simple, basic, and double. Simple actions are things like moving. You can do two simple actions of the same thing in a turn. You can move, move. Um, then you have basic actions. These also cost just a single activation, but you cannot do two of them uh, without special rules. Uh, shooting, for example, is a basic action. You can only shoot once in a turn. So you can move, shoot. You can aim, shoot, which increases your accurate, adds one to your accuracy roll. Uh, you can shoot, move, stuff like that. And finally, there are double actions. Uh, double actions, two obvious ones off the top of my head, are charging in Necromunda is a double action. Uh, uh, full auto, suppressive fire, those are double actions yeah. as well, correct? Yeah, that and uh, shooting unwieldy shooting weapons, I believe. Because like, uh, we'll get into this when you do dumb lists. Uh, like the penalty for heavy weapons in this game is not like a move and shoot penalty like it is for infantry in 40k. It is you just simply cannot move and shoot a heavy weapon. You have to spend both your actions to do that, like a heavy bolter, heavy flamer, etc. Um, like yeah, charging in Necromunda, for example, is a add d3 a d3 inch roll to your movement, and then you get a f then you get a free action of fighting. Um, uh, Necromunda is heavily, as you can guess just from the description, heavily a game of action economy. One of the most fun things about Necromunda is the way that your models literally interact with the game. Uh, for rules like uh, facing matters in Necromunda, you have to, like, you know, you have front arc and back arc. That matters are things of what your guy can see, and also, for certain armor sets, where your guys are injured if they're hurt. Um, Goliath, for example, have if they have furnace plates on, have a five up save in front, six up in the back. Do not get shot in the back of the head if you're a Goliath. Um, if your model is hit by a shooting attack, they go pinned. Uh, and this is where I have like a quick addendum to Games Workshop being wrong. Uh, Games Workshop determines pinned as your model is face up uh, and seriously injured, which is a result of uh, failing a save and taking a wound. Is faced is. That is face down. That's wrong. I always do pinned face down because you're ducking for cover. Uh, seriously injured, face up. You're holding your guts in and praying to the god emperor. Um, uh, so, game of action economy. You're trying to not just injure enemy models and accomplish the objectives. You're just trying to pin them, which, of course, takes an activation for them to get up. Uh, pinned models are minus one to hit. So, it's a lot of interactions of that in the game. And that's where the cool check comes in as yeah. well, correct? Uh, cool check if you have nerves of steel, which we'll get, we can get into skills. I figure I talk about uh, champs and stuff. Which we're about enough. to do is part of the balancing of the game of the action economy is every gang will, at creation at least, have a leader and normally have champs. Um, 
You might not get to play them every game depending on the matches, but if you have a leader or champs, they can increase your ability to tactically think through your activations by uh, leader group activations. A leader can activate two friendly models within three inches of them, and a champ can activate one friendly model within three inches of them. So it, like I said, it's a game of planning your activations as they alternate in order to get the best jump on your enemy for, gather, gather, for taking the objective. Whether that's an object to recover, a door to open, or a, or just a uh, pet hunting game. And like I said, we talked about Necromunda's got a lot of role-playing elements in it, so it's not just a game of like, you know, stand on this objective and take it. It's often things like, you have to get this door open, you have to pass an intelligence check. As you'll, if anyone has a Necromunda game card in front of them, uh, they'll see that you, besides your like normal things you'll see in 40k, your ballistic skill, your weapon skill, your wounds, your attacks, you have things like your initiative, that's how you clear jumps, you have in, your intelligence, that's how you do things like open locked doors, you'll have your um, excuse me, you will have your willpower, that's how you cast psychic powers and, re and resist uh, other psychological effects. So there's often like some interaction with the map itself, like I said, I mentioned that my game was played, uh, we had to, the objective of this game was activate a robot to get it through the doors. You had to stand near the robot and use an action to pass an intelligence check. Uh, some of these checks are single D6, others are 2D6. Um, it depends what it is, like, uh, shooting and stuff is always a single D6, like, for 40k. Uh, stuff like cool checks and intelligence checks are 2D6. Uh, and that's reflected. And generally on the cool checks, uh, willpower checks, intelligence checks, you're rolling 2d6 and trying to beat the target number, not come under it, correct? Yes. Wait, no. yeah. yeah. Like, if, you're, if your yeah. cool is a 7, you're trying to get a 7 or higher on 2d6. Yeah. Uh, helpfully right. labeled on the game cards by putting the yes. 2d6 checks plus. are highlighted differently. <laughs> yep, and um, they have a plus next to them as well. Yeah. Um, it's a game, of course, Necromunda is a game of templates. Uh, Three-inch blast, five-inch blast in the flame templates. So if you're one of those people who still plays Horus Heresy, one, stop. <laughs> like, in, unless you're also, while listening to this podcast, drinking single malt scotch while smoking a Cuban Cohiba, stop. Horus Heresy is too expensive. And you're insane. Um, so it's in the granularity. Just, just play of, Horus Heresy with normal Marines, yeah. man. So the, yeah, don't do that. You'll get you'll get yelled at. You will. Yeah, be like I said. Uh, almost silly granularity of rules. Every time you shoot a shooting weapon, you have to make it. You you roll a firepower die. Firepower die determine uh, one for almost all weapons. Are you going to be out of ammo if you roll the one in three or one in six chance I'm in front of me of an ammo check? You have to take an ammo check for your corresponding weapon. If you roll out of ammo. You still get the shot off, but next time you gotta either make another ammo check, or if you have a scarce weapon like a bolter or a melta, uh, you're out of ammo for the rest of the game. Hope that it's a good yeah. weapon to club people's heads in. Um, Turns out your super poor gangers don't have a lot of bolter shells yeah. and plasma cores lying around yep. like a space marine should've or hired, a guardsman. Should have hired an ammo jack, which lets you reroll yeah. once uh, on your ammo check. Uh, the squats are back. Rapid-fire weapons have, instead of having rapid-fire rules like in 40k of like, oh, if you're in half range, you get this many shots. Necromunda, if a weapon has fi has rapid-fire, uh, there are different bullet hole pips on the firepower dice. Uh, the amount of shots that you have that hit correspond to the number of things. Like I mentioned, shot at the robot in my game, and two times I hit with the bolter and got three shots off. 
they all fell to wound. Very upsetting. <laughs> but I didn't mention one of those shots did go wide because Necromunda missed shots can go wide to targets mm -hmm. that are within three inches of the missed target and behind them. Normally, if like I remember the actual, but the best way to remember it is you can basically have you have like one of those line drawing laser pointers. If it would go through the target and the guy behind him, it'll hit it. It'll hit him on a. It's either on a four up or a roll of one to three. But you have like a 50-50 chance of hitting a target behind him. I did hit a guy behind the robot and also failed to wound him. But at least he was pinned and then got up and immediately turned the robot on. Uh, I'm not upset. I'm just kidding, Kevin. That was a phenomenal game. I just wanted to kill your damned Wally. Uh, and it's, it's worth shooting at other gangers just to pin them yeah. down. Because it reduces what they can do on their turn. Yeah. Like, you don't always shoot to kill a Necromunda. Yeah. You, in general, Necromunda is not a... I mean, it has a chance to be very deadly, because almost all these guys are one wound, or two wound for your champs and leaders. Uh, and almost all of them have terrible armor. Like, Vansar start with the best starting armor, which is a four-up save. Uh, uh, Carapace armor. Most guys running around with five or six up saves and you are just shooting through them. So it can be very deadly, but that's balanced by the fact that these are, again, child soldiers. They have four up weapon skill, five up ballistic skills in some of them. And one of my favorite things about Necromunda is that it, there is no pre-measuring to reflect the fact that, again, these guys are idiots. They're mostly mm -hmm. just firing from the hip. You can play with measurement, but I think it's way more fun to, like, round the corner with your guy who's got a heavy bolter. Heavy bolter is rapid fire three, which means you can roll up to three ammo dice, which means it's more likely to get more shots hitting and also more likely to take an ammo check. Nothing yeah. better than firing all firing shots, firing, rolling three firepower die, and realizing when you're out of ammo that you are not in range of the target. But also, if you're not in range of a heavy bolt of a 36-inch weapon in Necromunda, you're doing something horribly wrong, so. Bad example. But it's really fun to, as we mentioned, shoot your plasma gun, overcharge, realize you're out of range, and you die anyway. Yeah. Yeah, Necromunda is a, it is a really deadly game when things get hit, but it's not a game where you're going to be hitting and killing a lot. Yes. Because you are entirely untrained. Yeah, you're untrained, it's reflected well in the rules, and you're also untrained in that, like I said, you know, a lot of one-wound guys, uh, Necromunda, one of the favorite things is, I like, Goliath can bring bolters as basic weapons. Bolters are strength mm -hmm. four, AP minus two, one or two, two damage, so, if you hit, like, a toughness three, yeah, if you hit a toughness three or lock of a bolter, uh, they're gonna die, most likely. They have a really solid chance of at least being seriously injured. Turn uh, which into is a fine red mist. Yeah, so it As is well a game. It's shooting actual rockets. Yeah, you're shooting yeah. a uh, 75 caliber ex mass reactor round. Um, or my favorite, and when I get within six inches of people and hit them point blank with my melt the gun and reduce them to goop. Or why would you ever use anything other than a rivet cannon? Is really the question here. Because there's few weapons in Necromunda that are cooler than a fucking rivet cannon. Rivet cannons. You're firing red-hot nails at people. Uh, the Even cooler is the melee, with my two favorite Goliath weapons. The oh, Renderizer, yeah. which is a yeah. huge serrated axe, uh, which just had just awful damage. Put one on a champ with nerves of steel so he can avoid being pinned. 
watch him chunk people up. And then, of course, the best thing ever named thing, the Spud Jacker. Which, oh, the big wrench-looking Yeah, thing. they actually never make it clear which model is the Spud Jacker. I do believe it is the wrench, according to the artwork in the book. Uh, Spud Jacker has a knockback effect, which means you can hit people with it, and then they go back one inch from I believe it was one inch from where they were in the, from the direction opposite of where they were hit so you can literally spud jack people, people off, off a cliff uh, and if whenever you kill some of a spud jacker you are supposed to take your opponent's model smash it onto the floor take their beautifully painted model and smash it little fine bits of plastic and then tell them he just got spud jacked uh, I'm no yeah, longer you know? allowed in many stores yeah <laughs> It's what you get for, you know, getting in a fight with a dude with a fucking pipe wrench. Yeah, maybe they shouldn't have gotten spud jacked all over the place. Yeah, and uh, when you do hit somebody, taking them out of action and seriously injuring them isn't the only thing you'll do. Like, it's not just you're seriously injured or you're pinned. You can also take flesh wounds. Mm -hmm. And flesh wounds, they modify other roles when you get them. And if you get so many of them, you just automatically go out of action. Yeah, uh, one of the favorite things about Necromunda compared to 2018 kill team which had this horrible mechanic i always thought of the more flesh wounds you take um you get worse and worse at shooting and fighting which just made a uh, 2018 kill team more of a game of oh fishing for sixes necromunda your mm -hmm. toughness gets reduced by yeah. flesh wounds until eventually if you reduce to zero toughness you die you just <laughs> die it also means as opposed to in kill team where you can have freaking eight flesh wounds on a space marine and just be like yeah God, I can start my game. I got into the hobby of 2018 Kill Team, uh, and Oof. once I started playing 40k, never looked back, because I did not <laughs> like Kill Team as much. Uh, good entry game, which was what they designed it for, but... Uh, point is, it's more fun in Necromunda, where you get to, where I get to chase down your toughest one ganger, and then wound them on twos with a strength three last gun. That's the real joy. That is the joy in life. Yeah. Um, and of course... Uh, so cover the rules, cover games. The best way to play Necromunda, which you need to do with, is it's an okay skirmish game for a one-off, like beers at the bar, hang at the hobby store. Uh, but it is really a game that excels as a campaign, which is yeah, it's, it's mm -hmm. RPG mechanics, leveling it, it up. It adds a whole nother game in between your games. Yeah, leveling up, shopping for new gear. Uh, upgrading your gang, watching your gang take successive injuries, like my gang that had like four guys of head injuries, which meant they all had reduced intelligence. Ah, eh, Goliaths, they don't do that anyway. Yeah, they, you know what, they're not open, like I said, they are opening no doors anyway. Just they open them down. They do. <laughs> they do, and then they take a minus, they, they headbutt every crate open, which gives them a minus one to the result of the crate, which gives them a one in three chance of the crate having a bomb inside of it. <laughs> As, it's not they had a bomb, it's just they head-butted the wrong part of the crate. This is the proper way to open crates. I do it every day in my life. <laughs> I'm going to open my third beer by head-butting it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the yeah, so, so Im, Im... <laughs> Ends abruptly as I go to the hospital. Yeah. Hospital? Ha. <laughs> yeah, I go to the rope dock. Be a man and just pour super glue on it like an adult. God, have you guys ever treated but... hobby injuries of super glue at your, at your table? Yep. Dude, I treat kitchen injuries with superglue. I work in a kitchen. <laughs> it, what it's Our first aid kit has superglue, yeah. That's why yeah, it's, it is. It's why the resin models stick better to your hands than other parts of the resin models. Now I just yeah. 
you know, back to our previous discussion about board games, I I kind of want to see someone paint an entire Necromunda army as just nothing but denim. <laughs> oh yeah! It would once again have to be Orlocks. Probably it is they, the Orlock. They got the biker thing going on, so. Uh. Or you could do um, Delock and make them fucking denim trench coats. <laughs> denim <laughs> trench coat. That is that a thing? I don't know. It's got to be a thing. Okay, well, Google. Here Google. we go. That. Yeah, right. Or um, if you're an animal and just have nothing but time on your hands, I just had the idea of plaid Delock trench coats. <laughs> oh, that's uh, so bad. Oh my god, dude! I've tr- I've been painting tartan patterns on fucking. 20 oh my god yeah yep oh my god denim trench coats the best thing ever can i just say andrew andrew we need gaming club denim trench coats for the next turn i think my favorite thing about oh the god. ads that popped up on uh on safari are <coughs> the flat pocket button from sheen is a 33 dollar dre- denim trench coat and also for some reason the young woman wearing it is wearing evidently her underwear with the trench coat is her outfit. Well, for $80, I can get men's ripped long jean jacket. I'm gonna just send the link to you guys of this, because it is... The guy looks like he's made of a plastic action figure, so that's kind of hurting my brain, I'm, but I don't think he is. I'm loving this fucking too. price variation. Mine's 33, that's 80, and then J. Crew, of course, has a 200... It's on sale now for less, but it's a $278 denim trench coat. You know... J. Crew, that's why you went out of business with the pandemic. Because everyone was stuck inside their homes and they were like, you know what I don't need anymore? My <laughs> seventeen three hundred dollar denim trench coats. I'm just liking the variation in pictures where it's almost entirely like trendy hipsterish women wearing denim trench coats and then just yeah, the, one guy, guy one guy who looks like he's made out of fucking G.I. Joe plastic who's like, Yes, <laughs> denim <laughs> trench coats. You know what? <clears throat> he legitimately looks like a fucking plastic G.I. Joe. It's creepy as shit. Yeah, that's not a real person. Also that the- guy that can't be. That guy is the final boss of S. You know what would look really good over your Hawaiian shirt? A ripped denim trench coat. <laughs> Listen, hey, this you is an play audio format, so it's of course the perfect place to talk about my fashion choices. But my history of showing up in a Hawaiian shirt like a fucking Jimmy Buffett fan to Warhammer conventions cannot be matched. Um, Dude, have you seen Campbell's Margaritaville Manglers? Oh my god, it's insane. Yeah, Campbell... Uh, Holy shit! Campbell, Irish last name from of the 40k bad cast. Yeah. Oh, his, <laughs> his painting is just obscene. I hate it. It makes me angry. It is. He's so good. Fucking see... I saw, oh. I saw stuff at the Goonhammer Open and, you know, I'm a wonderful human being. Uh, awesome show, awesome painter. I just see his models in person. I hate you. I wanna 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 just kick something. Kick the table. And scratch your perfect models. Make me frustrated. Yeah, there's a lot of nice little it's really crunchy. Mm-hmm. Like it is a really crunchy thing, but it's really rewarding because you're getting to make the gang yours. Yes. Like all three of us might have a fucking Goliath gang. But after, even after two games, the chance, even if we had the exact same starting list, after two games, the chance of our three gangs being the same is very slim. Exactly, which is really important, because if you're in a small, like, you know, like if you guys in your local meta of four people that you've named, uh, don't feel bad if it's like, oh, I want to play Orlock. Oh, he wants to play Orlock, too. Like, do not feel like you can't, because you're going to have a fine time either way. Like, especially if, like, oh, yeah. every gang has their, like, second box out, which we can talk about with collecting stuff. You're going to have no problem... Uh, I mean, if everyone's playing the same gang, it's one. It's going to be a little weird, but, like, it will not 
they, they never feel like mirror matches. Yeah. Uh, and I think, like, even, even the same gangs, like, even if you're very narrative-minded, four of the same gangs in a group, that still makes sense, because they're still vying to be the head gang yeah. for that bigger gang for that house. But you are not, you are not House Cotter or House Escher. No. You are, like, like my guys are the super gangster bros of... of... <laughs> yeah, and you're one of dozens of yeah. smaller gangs that fight for a bigger gang, usually. Mm-hmm. Like, the the gang boss of, uh, of your fucking guys doesn't like... He didn't go fucking hang out and have drinks with one of the Goliath dudes. Yeah. Like a house Goliath Exactly. Guy. There's many levels of separation. Like, it's, you know, you're way down on the mm-hmm. fucking food chain. Like, I bring my shooty Goliath. My buddy runs his, like, as many renderizes as possible Goliath. It's a good combo. Uh, see, it's, it's, mm-hmm. you, never, you never run into an issue of, like samesy feeling shit um which is you know ideal for a skirmish game where you probably are bringing on average 10 models yeah it's good so uh let's talk a little bit about the campaign systems because there's a couple of different campaign systems you can actually Mm -hmm. run on this because i know you've got your main campaign which is just your straight out of the book yeah the Campaign. The territories campaign, or the Dominion campaign, where you're collecting yeah, territories. Yeah, you're, you're fighting over actual territories. Like, you have your gang-based territory, and then at the start, you know, whoever your ma- game master is, you guys figure out how many other territories there are, and that's what you're fighting over. Territories have different effects. They can give you, usually they'll have you credits or gangers you can recruit from them. There are specific territories for specific factions that if that faction has, they get bonuses for it. So that's your, your very basic intro campaign. If you're just starting off with Necromunda, do a couple of one-shots. Then when you want to do a campaign, do a Dominion campaign first. Mm. It will help you learn how to run campaigns. Because yeah. the next one is what, Law and Misrule, I believe, is the other Yeah, type. which I have yet to play. <laughs> I also have yet to play it. I don't know much about it, because that was the very expensive it re- My understanding is it replaced... Territories of Rackets, which this someone's gonna, if you guys have a contact, they're gonna yell at me and be like, punch that Michael guy in the kneecaps with brass knuckles repeatedly. There's no thing. My understanding is that that's a campaign that sort of allows a little more credit earning on the side because you're controlling yeah. Rackets. Uh, whereas the Dominion territories have uh, a wider slew of rewards. Like, for example, one of the rewards you have a workshop is you get a free ammo jack. The, the racket campaign is like, get more cash to buy more shit. Um, but also, you have the mechanic of, which I've never really dived into, having the chance of the being an outlaw or a law-abiding gang. Um, yeah. I think uh, if you are outlaw, you have more access to the black market and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, but if you are law-abiding, you have more access to hangers-on and hired guns. Yeah. Um, and, of course, certain gangs have to be outlaws, which is the coolest gang, uh, the Gene Sealer Gods. Oh, I thought you were going to say oh, I thought you were going to say the Redemptionists. <laughs> hey! <laughs> uh, the Gene Sealer Gods were, hey, do you have a Gene Sealer army for 40k? You can play Necromunda! <laughs> With minimal effort. Yeah. And then there's one more uh, campaign. It's not an official campaign, but it was written by uh, Dan Boyd from uh, Badcast off for Goonhammer. 
and it's um I, I always want to call it Into the Badlands, but I Lost know that's not zones, what it's called. Which I have Lost Zone. I am that is what I mentioned before is the the Archaeotech Vault was a Lost Zone campaign. Lost Zone campaign, I mean, Dan would explain it better, so I won't even try because again I if anyone's gonna punch me in the kneecaps repeatedly of a brass knuckles, it'll be Dan. I, do, as far I as don't I want tell, to be Dan because Dan is very premise. strong. And he would pick you up so he wouldn't even have to bend down. Well, he's built uh, like a fucking refrigerator. I'm so. also <laughs> taller than Dan, so I would maybe have some So reach. he wouldn't have to lift you very far. Yes, yeah. I, Dan Boyd lives like, I, I imagine, because it's northern Virginia, 30 minutes away from me, because traffic's never never good here. So by the time this airs... He just throw his trophy at you and kill, <laughs> you. kill Dan. Pound trophy. I'm yeah. found fucking heavy. murdered in my home that's, by Dan That's his trophy. renderizer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as far as I could tell from what he's explained of it, the basic premise of that campaign was to minimize the everybody has a bolter, everybody has a plasma gun. Yeah. Like, make it actually feel like desperate trial soldiers more than like trained Black Ops Marine kind yeah, of guys. Yeah, because Necromunda has, yeah. with releases... The, <laughs> has turned into a game of like shiny toys. Shiny toys, like, like pa- paramilitary is a good way to describe it because it's yeah. still ragtag. It's still like one guy's got like a reclaimed auto gun and the other's guy has a multi melta. Like it's yeah, the other guy's got like a thermal scope, a multi melta, a fucking grav harness, and power. Yeah, or prestige twelve times in Call of Duty. You know? The the Goliath mm-hmm. has the Zerker, which is the world's dumbest model, with also bad. Oh, no, it's so stupid. Um, and the um, world's second dumbest model. Vansar has the Ar- Arachno rig, which hot take: no one's ever gonna freaking use because that's a resin model with like seven arms. And anyone yeah, who has the patience to glue that together, uh, you get committed. You're insane. You're a lunatic. You're a madman. If anybody wants to send one to me and prove him wrong, uh, <laughs> send me an email. <laughs> send like me an email and email. tell me where I can find you so I can help you get the help you need, you you masochist. Send the package first, and then he can help you. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, from what I understand, I've, I've looked through it a little bit, but I haven't played a lot of Necromunda, so I don't have tangible experience with a lot of it to kind of like piece it all together, but it looks much more like the old school Necromunda, where like it's... It's hard to come by stuff like if in your entire campaign there's a plasma gun, it's a surprising. Yeah, thing. we have had like it's it's reclaim this, reclaim that, las guns, a lot of close combat stuff. Because in old Necromunda, the the only real like techno things were the the spire hunters, mm-hmm. which were just rich kids who put on jetpacks and hunted. They were the purge. They're the purge gang. Yeah, they were, they were the purge. They're, they were the rich purge. They're gang. the um how did they describe the purge? They're the really incredibly in your face hackneyed social commentary gang. <laughs> they're the uh the the kids in the Hunger Games who were trained since birth to win it. Yeah. Again, they're those kids. The in your face social commentary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Me sitting on yeah, the so couch we- and a friend of mine comes over uh, and is flexing their uh, degree from a prestigious liberal arts school and says, well, you might not have caught the social commentary, and I'll be like, how could I not? <laughs> it was hitting me in the face. It I kicked me in the nuts years. repeatedly. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, so, so Lost Zone is more of your old school style, but still start with Dominion to get a grasp on the basic gameplay and campaign yeah. system. Because that one is a lot more forgiving than Lost Zone. Yeah, Lost Zone's fun. I'm playing through it now. 
keeping it short as a four game loss zone. But, you know, like yeah, like we had like, he had like a limited purchase at the trading mart, trading marts where you buy equipment that you didn't start with. So like at the end of it, yeah, well like I'm walking away with a plasma cannon because I believe it was randomly generated and we got there were three plasma cannons for sale. But like before that, it was like, oh, I guess I'll take some stun grenades because that's what we can find. Um, yeah, but it's very fun and. As I mentioned here, randomly generated things, people running this, we haven't touched on it, but like Necromunda campaigns require what is called an administrator. And what this is, I won't call yeah. it a DM, a dungeon master, or a game master, uh, because it doesn't require that level of prep. If you want to prep all the lore for the campaign, go ahead. It's very fun, too. Uh, JP has done that for my club, a guy in our club, uh, Martin. I'm just throwing guys out there ever listen to this, you know. I give them credit. They've done this, Tim. You're just making up names, making us think you <laughs> actually have a club Steve, you play with. George. But no, um, uh, but like, so I won't, it, it's not the level of responsibility of like a dungeon master because one, uh, you're mostly just there to balance the campaign, uh, answer some rule clarifications. Uh, literally the core rule book for Necromunda says like, it's helpful to have someone to clarify their rules. And the unwritten text is because we're only five guys writing this game and James, Wor and Ga James workshop games workshop <laughs> has never hired an editor in their existence. I'm a, nope. I'm an editor in my current job and it drives me nuts. When I read Necromunda or any fucking game workshop book. And it's like, wow, you guys just don't proofread. Uh, like, like fabulous bill. Yeah. <laughs> zero copy. There's zero quality control. Won't get on that whole rant. The administrator in Necromunda is there for a campaign to clarify rules confusions, which there will be because of issues, and provide balance because there's no balance in Necromunda whatsoever. Uh, their attempts yeah. to constantly fail, but it's not that bad. Like, it's not a chore to do it if you're having fun. And also, like, as long as you're not a total... As long as you're <clears throat> not a total sack of shit, total dirtbag, and the guy you're playing with aren't, you can totally fairly play in a campaign while also administering. Just don't yeah, be a dirtbag. Yeah, sure. <laughs> also, tip, don't play Necromunda with total strangers and not be surprised when you yeah. get your ass kicked because it's a game with really bad, really badly written rules and really bad balance. And if you play it with a stranger, it could probably go wrong because it's, it, it's a social contract game. It's like playing a pickup game of D&D. <laughs> yeah, don't. It's like walking to the shop and be like, hey, let's play some d and I've had a few of those, that's... and boy, was that a Oof. mistake. Yeah, no, I... yeah, that's a mistake. I won't even do that at DragonCon. Like, I've, I've, I've done it with Rand... I've done rando D&D things. I run it on a Discord, but like uh, with randos, had a good time. But the point is, like, Necromunda does not allow... It's not a pick-up-and-play skirmish game. And it is a game that, like, because it's, like, a very... I almost want to say intimate, because it's a game that, like, it's a lot of rules interactions... Not in, like, a confusing way, but it's, like, you know, a lot of trust has to be made, a lot of verifying. Like, if you if you want to play the game of Necromoon and double-check every rule, it's going to take eight hours, because the rule yeah. book's written by a chimpanzee. Um. Yeah, and it's not like a game of 40k where you can hand somebody your army list and you know it's 2,000 points and you can look at the points right there. Yeah. Because there's so many little things that change the gang rating. Yeah, they change, and it'll be like, uh, this weapon has this rule which is available in a book I don't currently own or currently have with me. Um, they, they've gotten a lot better about that at least. They are improving. Um, but it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a game that if you're going to play in the campaign, you, I would say required to have someone running the campaign or a yeah 
small committee and most like especially just to clarify mostly not to even clarify rules but to like provide some balance like which can be done a number of ways i've had it that um they provide balance by sometimes doing the, the you know hey you're fine but your gang's like in a little overpowered like you, you you know you're bringing like two heavy bolters and a lot of plasma guns to a list and it's a little unfair uh and i'd like you to tone it back or they can do balance and things like hey the guy who's the lowest credit gang because your gang increases in value as your gangers both gain money and uh and level, level up and... i'll be like hey how about you get a free bounty hunter to give you some assistance in your next match um stuff like that like there's a number of ways to balance it uh that are not relying on the ill-balanced <laughs> really just kicking necromunda in the shins here <laughs> this ill-balanced bad game that's a great game it's just ill-balanced um but you need to the G the administrator is there to provide make sure everyone's having fun and at no one's expense i mean yeah, and, and that's what Necromunda is about. Like, it is a game that you're supposed to have fun playing. Mm-hmm. It, it's not a, hey, let's see who can make the most beat-face, stompy list. It's not a tournament game. <laughs> it, it's a game where you you and your buddies are telling a story and having yeah, fun. Yeah, do you shy, shy, share the Nova 2019 Necromunda tournament story? <laughs> Go oh, for it. Jesus. Um, I played in this that Nova 2019, wonderful guys running it. Uh, I, I played it with a member of my club. I came in as a guest player on like the second last day, final day, whatever. It's still like a side tournament, I had, like twelve players maybe. And I show up and I, I had like a gang ready, and they were like, "Should I bring my gang?" And they're like, "Actually, we're gonna have you play a guest gang uh, to like." And what we need you to do is to like target the top players because they're running amok. And I'm like, "Okay, that's a neat mechanic. How are we gonna do this?" And they were like, "Here are your gang options." A uh, gene stealer brood lord with a horde of gene stealers. A imperial fist kill team. Necromunda, the planet, is an imperial fist recruiting world. Has this really cool lore about how like the fourth or fifth captain company captain can like overthrow the government of Necromunda unilaterally. Really cool stuff. Uh, or an alpha legion uh, kill team. Also like infiltrating kill team, which the guy kit bashed wonderfully with some bits of the. Uh, Horse Heresy uh, Hunter Killer team models for Alpha Legion, and like they had, you know, they they all have storm bolters except for the sergeant who had a power sword in a combi, combi plasma. You know, all very common Necromunda yeah. things: Space Marines, Brood Lords. And I was bolters. like, okay, and like he gave them stats equivalent, like they were like toughness seven, uh, weapon skill two, ballistic skill two. And I was like, oh, this is gonna wipe the floor of like that table of warlocks. I get down. Uh, the, the the current reigning soon-to-be tournament winner goes first. He's like, alright, I'm gonna round the corner. I'm like, huh? And I can move, move. Uh-huh. And then I'm gonna shoot my multi-melta. And I'm like, ah, uh, huh? And he, like, ev- evaporates my kill team sergeant. And I'm like, oh, okay, so this is this guy, and I, look, I looked at his list later, and I was like, oh, wow, this, this guy has better armament than your average 40k army. Because there was yeah. no balance put on the trading post. There was no one to simply, like, again, because a tournament, you can't step in and be like, you're playing too hard, because it's a tournament. That thinks you can't do it as a tournament. It's a it's a stupid gang of child soldiers. It is not, not even, like, for fluff things. Like It's it's not like 40k, which, I mean, 40k competitive has its issues because of GW's ability to balance. But, like, Necromunda, they literally 
barely even try. Um, they literally, like I said, the court rulebook basically puts it on your campaign runner to balance because they didn't want to. Yeah, Nick, they have GW has gotten better with the balancing. In fact, they've actually released that uh, that balance sheet thing that changes some rules and some key oh. stuff, but we'll get into that another yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely getting better at it. Necromunda is not the game yeah. that they should worry about balancing. It's, it's a social contract yeah. game. Go in with people you know and have someone who will be a, a good runner of said campaign. Exactly. So that's, that's a little bit about campaigns and why you shouldn't do tournaments with them. So let's talk a little about the gangs. Andrew, favorite game in, gang in Necromunda. Go. Uh, the problem is they're all really cool, but gun to my head. Yeah, I know. I know. We just hope every team has fun. Fucking pick one. I, I mean, but they're all cool in different ways. Uh, if gun to my head, probably the Redemptionist is just because they are like yeah. peak 40K. They have fucking like fire hats, fire hats. and, and flamethrower chainsaws and just, you know, the power of the emperor on their side. And they're completely bug fuck crazy. And that's just great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're uh, they're a side sect, I guess you could say, of Caldor, or Caldor's a they're side sect of them. The flaming trash boys. <laughs> yeah, uh, these guys are guys who are hunting for holy relics in the trash, basically. <laughs> uh, they're hyper dumpster hyper diving for religious God. zealots. Yeah, yeah dumpster, like, dumpster diving, diving for, for God. God. <laughs> like these are guys who find a finger burner, like this clearly belonged to a saint. <laughs> I have to enshrine it. As a sentiment Italian, uh, I almost find that offensive because it sounds accurate <laughs> to my cultural history. <laughs> Fair enough. But uh, these are the guys who most of their weapons are reclaimed. Uh, they're reclaimed auto guns, reclaimed las guns. Their knives are like sh- shivs, basically. Uh, the the best part about the Caldor guys, though, is they have a weapon called a uh, it's a pole arm. That is a halberd with either a blunderbuss that you can shoot normal stuff or fire incendiary rounds out of, or an auto gun on it. Which don't ever take the auto gun on it because you can have a blunder pole. And they saw a stained glass window of a custodian, and they're like, "That I want that. I want what he's holding now in my hands," and built it. Uh, they are the most numerous gang because they're just religious zealots. And, you know, when you live in the underest of the Undercity, you kind of find God, I guess. So they they have rules where they get more guys in games as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the Redemptionists are... So if these guys are your crazy peasants running around, the Redemptionists are your Southern Baptist preachers. <laughs> uh, they are... No, dude, they are straight up oh. fire and brimstone, like... They are, you know, purge the heretic, burn the unclean. Yeah, um, that's why they, almost ironically, they had um, previously models that were unfortunately modeled yeah. hooded caps, which I'm blinking on the name. Uh, um, the Cotor Execution. No, 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 the, 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 uh, that's the name of the model. The, the, there's an actual term yeah. for the, uh, the, the pointy hood. It's actually, oh, the, it dates to the, the Spanish. Spanish Catholicism. Yeah, which, yeah. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. laughing, not laughing because I don't want to make light of these horrible things, but like, the, probably 40k badcaster Goonhammer was like, well, you know, Europe doesn't associate the pointed hood with like atrocities like we do in America because it, it's a, it's a clansman hood. And my like, yeah. 
my snarky ass was like, well, actually, Europe probably should associate that with atrocities because uh, yeah. it was also worn by the Spanish Inquisition. Um, so, Pepperote. but like, yeah, yes, it, um, yeah, they're right. still. It would have been so bad on that model had the other big thing with Cawdor been nooses. Yes. <laughs> and once you put a noose around a dude's neck and you give him a big pointy hood, it's um, yeah, it's. It's uh, no good. It's the perfect storm of hey, America yeah. has had a past. Yeah, I don't. Like, yeah. I, my my like aside is like I do not like. I do not blame the British for not being well aware of American. Yeah. Uh, America's greatest sins or the greatest sins of the American people is understandable, um, but it's like I'm glad that they like ah we're actually gonna turn to- not tone it down a bit because there's there's still horrible religious zealots. They just didn't yeah. do the like oops all clansmen list yeah um but not to like me make light of the clan and its atrocities but yeah it, it's one of those models that's like i hate to say because it, it is a cool looking model and the like the you know to me yeah. as a as a as a as a as a filthy papist i recognize what they were going for with the spanish inquisition look which is that's yeah. just the shtick of the inquisition in 40k also in fantasy is it is a mockery of the uh of which trials in the inquisition but also Oh, the entire Imperial Creed is yeah, just space Catholicism. Yeah, um, well, ev- everything in Warhammer is satire. Yeah, it's just, like it is a one hundred percent satirical game. Yeah, it's just it's one of those things. It's like they they miss the note on not even their home area, their their their, their American market, which they then amended, yeah. which was good for them. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, people pointed it out. They went, "Oh fuck, you're right," and they, they fixed did. it. And now they can re-release rat skins. Just do them as Skaven yeah. in space, and oh my god! Is, don't, don't do that! Don't do that! I would spend even yeah. more money. Just do do Ratskins as Skaven in space, and not as Native Americans, or Indigenous Americans. Just like a cool scavenger clan, and maybe leave the Native American thing on the table. <laughs> well, those are called uh, scabbies, I believe, and they were in. Necromon- but the scabbies are also cool mutants. Hey, that's too. cool. Yeah, 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 the the. And that's, I mean, that's also, that just... Just make them the, uh, the old Ash Waste Nomads that never yeah. really got supported. Yeah. And don't give them fucking bow and arrows and feathers. Yeah. Bow and arrows, fine. Just no feathers. <laughs> also, they had, like, they had scout rules. I, I, I do believe they had a rule for, um, like, a drug use, which was, again, very inappropriate. Yeah. And, it, and that wasn't, you know... GW's recovery, like, oh, we, w- we will be very careful not to do clan hoods, was, like, good behavior. Their behavior for the rat skins was, I don't think ever addressed, because it was, like, 80s GW, and they were like, yeah. I hate doing the whole, like, oh, we weren't culturally, we weren't politically correct back then. Like, no, they just, they wouldn't have cared one way or the other. Also, there wasn't, like, an immediate way to say to a company, like, yo! Well, yeah. And also at that point, a uh, way smaller percentage of people actually gave a shit about Games Workshop. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot oh, yeah. of cultural fact. I just don't want to blame, like, things got so much better in the last 15 years, because it's not just always a, that. It's mostly just, like... More awareness. More awareness, and also just... The old, look at the old Dark Angel Terminators. They were Native American. Yes. Um, and... Like very Native American based, but they've they've since drawn that back, and you still occasionally see the feathers and the little fetishes on it. They still do have them on the uh, the box set they had the against assault cannon. Gun. Yeah, and the, the box set they had against the Crimson Slaughter, the the, the monopoles mm-hmm. Terminators. There have a lot of like braids and feathers. But again, it's like and 
Well, that's not to say that Native American culture stuff couldn't be interesting to do on Space Marines, because there's all kinds of cultures they draw from. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, no, no, for sure. Like the, sure. the Karkaradons having, like, Maori tribal stuff is really cool. It's just got to be done in a way that's not just being like, huh, they're Native Americans. Yeah, Look no, at them. They're, you know. Yeah, no, the, the, the way it was done in Necromunda was, like, not even... It was overt. It wasn't yeah. even, like, cutesy done. It was just, like, you know what's hilarious? Stereotypes. Yeah. Um, which, let's yeah, let's throw a piece like of trash a, it was and like have a tear all on those face. little books from the fifties, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. They were the they were the you, the Looney Tunes you can't find anymore kind of problem. Um, <laughs> yeah. Good old Steamboat Willie. Uh, uh, Donald, my... Donald Duck joins the Imperium. <laughs> I would watch that. In a I would watch that cartoon. Ah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but now I mean, you know, improvements uh, are good, and but yeah, the Redemptionists though very cool, very cool fluff for their. Before someone sends us a message, yes, I know Donald Duck was not a Looney Tune. Disney was also guilty of very bad cartoons. I mean, <laughs> Steamboat Willie also wasn't a Looney Tune. Yeah. Uh, uh, Looney Tunes, yeah, I think, so, pushed uh, it worse than Disney did. Yeah, way worse. Um, All right, so uh, so we went over Caldor and the Redemptionist a little bit. There's actually quite a few other gangs. Yeah. Uh, Michael, you got a favorite I gang? I talked about Goliath a lot, so I'll stick to the my real favorite gang, because I also play it in 40k, is, of course, the Gene Stealer Cults. And, um, okay. For those who do not know much about Gene Stiller cult lore, what I will do to you is I'll, that picture I showed you, which is me in a Hawaiian shirt wearing a gold chain necklace, drunkenly explain to you how Gene Stiller cults work. Um, uh, again, you know, nothing's funnier on a podcast than discussing a visual medium. <laughs> but uh, Gene Stiller cults, you know, 40K are, you know, uh, pure string Gene Stealers spread across the galaxy. They implant people with the Gene Stealer kiss, which is. More or less a, uh, well, we'll get to the details. It mutates people into, uh, with tyranid, uh, DNA to make them subservient to the hive mind of a patriarch, which is an evolved pure strain gene stealer, uh, with the end goal, of course, of overthrowing a planet to make it easier for the tyranids to come and consume. And these often become cults in the form of worshiping the star gods. So it essentially is a massive, normally worker-led revolution that the actual end goal of it is to um, be make a planet more susceptible to be eaten by some tyranid hive fleet. Um, and that's, of course, how the army plays in 40k2. But in Necromunda, it's an interesting thing because it ha- highlights home how actually scary and perfidious and just all-consuming gene stealer cults all across the Imperium. There's lots of lore about how gene stealer cults are also even a problem on Terra itself. In fact, the coming box set is literally the custodians being like, oh shit, oh shit, there's a lot of gene stealers here. Uh, and so Necromunda... How ludicrously lopsided that fight's gonna be. <laughs> yeah, for the, yeah, for the patriarch when he turns all those golden boys into uh, banana smoothies. This is yeah, but that's the whole thing with the gene stealer cult is like the the ones you see that have like the third arm and shit. Like that's not oh hey you got infected you're now this. That's multiple multiple G- generations, generations down where that um, shit is spread huge. And it is psychic powerful psychic field. The, the lore for gene stealer cults I want to go into heavily here it's actually is really cool sick shit and it's like well worth reading it's, if you it, haven't had a chance. To. Yeah, it's very. I hope cool. they joke like one of the key things in imperial lore is how actually most things the Imperium does is not good for mankind and in fact bad like. <laughs> purging people randomly the way they purge gene stealer cults is probably the only thing the imperium does with some level of necessity the planet. um so but of course necromunda is a hive world it 
Necromunda sees even actually Necromunda lore explicitly. They have alien visitors in the Hive Primus, the main hive of the city. There is an embassy for Eldar to visit Necromunda because the Imperium is nothing if not a bunch of fucking hypocrites. But the amount of trade they see means they occasionally get gene stealer cults, and your gang can be one of those gene stealer cults. And it change, you get some special rules. You get mutations that give you third arms, which can have like things like, hey, my guy can fire three pistols uh, as a shooting action instead of uh, two is the max normally because you have two arms. Stuff like that. <laughs> um, it's a fun game to collect because um, the gene stealer model range is awesome. Great, uh, great range. If you have a gene stealer army or a kill team, um, you can just play Necromunda with that probably. Uh, the core, the models are normally the neophytes, aberrants, and acolytes are all uh, used. We can also easily use a um, the Keller Morph, the three-armed gunslinger, is often used for a gunslinger leader, and the Magus is often used for a. Uh, I forget the term for that, but like a you, you can have psychic powers of Gene Stealer called, so it's a good it's a good model to represent a psychic leader, um, and yeah. just they're cool models, they're cool lore, and there are rules adjacent to that for taking a normal house gang, Goliath, Cotter, or Orlock, Escher, and having them be infected by the Gene Stealer kiss. Um, I've never played that, I haven't really looked into it, but my buddy who's just getting into the game is making a Delok army that is a Delok gang that has been kissed by the gene stealer and I'm giving him a bunch of like gene stealer arms um but they're fun to play they get they get great weapons uh great as in cool not as in good like the rock saw because what's cooler than cutting your enemy in half with a diamond bladed saw because fuck you I'm hitting you with my diamond bladed saw you uh, hitting someone with a spud, spud jacker, <laughs> and always will be. When I kill my best friend's models with my rock saw, though, I of course take their model. I drive with them three hours to my grandfather's carpentry shop, and then I make them watch as I s- hit them with a chainsaw. <laughs> I make them watch as I saw their models in half with the buzz saw. <laughs> Why do people keep playing Necromunda with me? God only knows. <laughs> <laughs> As I eviscerate and smash their minis. Well, Nick, the, uh, so, the Gene Stealer cults are also amazing because even if you don't want to play a Gene Stealer cult gang, their kit is one of the most versatile for kit bashing oh, yeah. your own Necromunda uh, gangers. Weirdos yeah. and hangers ons and stuff, yeah. too. Uh, it's so easy to put a normal head on a Gene Stealer uh, cultist and you have, like, hey, it's Joe Schmo, the ammo jack slash dome runner. Uh. uh. So we've uh, we've talked a good bit about Goliath earlier. We've talked a little bit about Cawdor and the Redemptionists. We got uh, Gene Stealer Cult. Another super fun one is Escher. Yep. They are uh, they're your '80s punk rocker chicks. '80s punk rocker chicks. They oh are my God. all about poison weapons. All about poison weapons. Kims and speed. And armored bikinis, which. Like, there's a neckbeardy part of the hobby that's like, yeah, chicks yeah. and bikinis. But to me, to to me, it's like a hell yeah, chicks in bikinis with machine guns. I'm like ninety percent sure. It's they're a very punk rock like, song. Uh, yeah, they're very like tank girl meets fucking Joan. Jett. Yes, and it's awesome look. They all have mohawks, which like if you're really gonna push like your painting skills, you can really give them some neat hair colors. It's a fun way to be mm. like, yeah, like I don't know, like 
my experience, like, I got my wife into Necromunda when I was like, hey, look, at, there's a gang of women in armored bikinis with, with shock whips. And she was like, hell yeah. Um, yeah. Representation matters in that way because cool people see that yeah. and be like, hell yeah, cool chicks with bolters. Also, Sisters of Battle and yeah, they've, uh, yeah. They've also got um, uh, the crazy, like, chick who speaks to the dead. Or is dead, like she's dead and can talk with the dead and keeps coming back to life. They're yeah. weird matriarch yeah, shit. They, they are so alchemically inclined that they can essentially embalm bodies in such a way that they resemble life. Also, please, we're saying chicks in a, like an awesome way, not in a, not in a yeah. guy whistling at people at the local bar kind of way, which yeah. I also not, do not as a, a 73 year old man. <laughs> God. As you drink a man. Yeah, so they're uh, <laughs> They're a super cool gang. They're uh, they're not very durable on the tabletop. Mm. Uh, they will drop hard, but all their weapons have like poisoned, and they can do kims with it. That's their house's whole shtick. Yeah. Uh, plus, they have fucking cats, and they well. just got a new model. They're absolutely savage. Of a big old, they're brutes. A big old lizard cat thing. That yeah, they uh, they deal in uh, exotic animals and stuff. So you see a lot of like cool fucking animal prints on a lot of their stuff yeah. as well. So they're, they bring in a lot of money. Bring a lot of cash. That's the, like in the granulator, the rules, there the rules of like toxin and gas. They have like a poison gas flamethrower as a weapon. Um, super cool, super fun to play. Yeah, they have their downsides there. Like, like many Necromunda games, kind of glass cannon -y, but that's in a way, a lot of gangs are, most of the gangs are not Goliath are, Pretty, pretty, pretty fragile. fragile, which is the point in many ways of these toughest three gangers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, oh, they're such cool models. Um, and if you want to get into the fun stuff with the lore, uh, the Goliaths can't reproduce properly. They have to mm -hmm. have special chemicals to be able to make these giant mountains of meat and muscle. And they get that from the Eshers, who are also one of their largest rival gangs. So it's this weird, like, constantly fighting symbiosis where they have to both exist to, to, to have, like, labor for the hive and also to be able to make new labor. Yeah. But also they hate each other's guts. Yeah, that's, one of, the, that's of course, yeah. one of the core things is, you know, Again, get it with the social commentary over here. It's like the gangs fight each other, but they also need each other to exist, and they're only fighting because it provides a balance of power for the ruling noble house of Hel Helmar. Like, again, the social commentary is just dripping everywhere. <laughs> uh, all right, Andrew, you want to pick another gang and chat about them for a little bit? Oh, sure. Um, well, even though I kind of made fun of them earlier, the Deloc I actually do really like. Um, the, because they're, they're really cool. Because watch. they're kind of like the spy masters of the Hive. They, you go to them if you need information on somebody else. Uh, they're big in assassination. They're the guy. They're like the sniping gang essentially. They're they're the best snipers. They have access to all kinds of look, fucking weird hangers on. They have a guy who's a brain and a floating octopus robot now, <laughs> and just all kinds of. They they have the mall ninja wheel who has his katanas like they oh i love katana they're, they're just ridiculous trench coat matrix wannabes with these yeah. ridiculous guns and and they all they all have shaved heads they all have goggles so that way you can't tell who's who you just know they're at a lot oh yeah so it's it, very it, very interesting they motif are, for their gang they are i want to say like non-gendered or gender ambiguous icons 
Yeah. I think they've been... Yeah, they're super androgynous. They, they started reflecting that in the lore, I believe, uh, Mike Brooks mentioned. There's like a Warhammer crime novel with them, or Necromunda novel with them, where they, they all use like they pronouns, and it's like, yeah, because they... Yeah. Uh, I believe old lore used to suggest that they were possibly some sort of alien act- hybrid, but I think that's sort of been... Not walked back, but like the Gene Steelers just being a gang and Necromunda have kind of taken that. Um, yeah. But their models are sweet. They've got cool stuff. If there was any gang that would Naruto run into battle, it's the yeah. Dalak. <laughs> we didn't we didn't touch on uh, reputation in campaigns, but your uh, oh, yeah, uh, gangs true. have reputations in campaigns that goes up and goes down as you win gangs. The higher reputation you have, you mostly have boons of like having more hangers on and more bounty hunters, etc. But it also has like more attention from the authorities. Uh, the Dalak have a thing where. Even if you lose a game to them, they can still boost their own reputation after because they have such good spy networks that they're like, oh, That's you cool. thought you kicked our ass? Actually. Very, very Alpha Legion. Um, yeah, they, they, they are. Um, I, you see it all the time that people make them Alpha Legion cultists. Um, that totally makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, they have the little... They're, they're neat. They're a very cool gang. Uh, and also, like... They're very detailed models. We can touch on it. All Necker models are detailed, so they're not quite... None of them are beginner-friendly. But they're... Yeah, they're very detailed uh, models. Delok is maybe one of the more beginner-friendly because you really just got to paint their cloaks. And then, like, you can... They're denim Yeah, you can coats. dab some uh, <laughs> metal on their various weapons and, like, bits. Uh, God, denim, I'm pretty sure denim French coach. You have to do so much, like, like freehand stitching. I mean... Uh, I think you can get away with stippling most of it. Yeah, them. that's true. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Adding to my list after I do my Blood Bowl team and I make there you guys go. do a Blood Bowl podcast. I'm cool with it. I like Blood Bowl. Uh, yeah. I, uh, oh, that was the other bit of hobby progress I didn't talk about. I got the, uh, the fucking Necro Shamblers for Necromantic. Blood Bowl. Uh, no, there's Undead up. Shamblers and Necromantic uh, Necromantic horrors. Hell yeah, you got yeah. Pumpkin Dude. Dude, it's such a... It's such a cool, the, cool set It's of the, the distilled Halloween vibes. Yeah, it's the Monster Mash Blood Bowl team. Yeah, I, I bought them the Saturday before Halloween and built them on Halloween. Nice. So maybe I imbued them with less suck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah, that's uh, a... Depends which horrible horror movie sequel you were watching as you built them. Weaning us back on topic, it's my turn to do that now. Yeah. We've all had a chance. Do you guys, do you guys feel like in tabletop games has made video games less of a thing for you, or is that just me? Might be just you. I still play a pretty decent bit of uh, video yeah. games. Yeah. I feel like... It kind of depends. Because um, I have, like, Sundays are my dedicated tabletop gaming day. Okay. So, and you, like, Sundays used to just be kind of a fuck around and do whatever day, but I've, I've kind of solidified that into the day I do that. So during the week, I'll paint or build models here and there while I'm, like, watching a show or something. But I, I still play some video games. I don't do either as much as I used to. Well, that's just being an adult. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, th- it's fucking running a business. I feel like, in terms of personal time at home, hobbying has taken video game time. Uh, and when I do play video games, I'm worse at them because I take my tabletop attitude towards it. Like, I'm playing uh, Back for Blood with some friends now. And I, yeah, it's good. That. I I just take whatever gun looks coolest and I run with it, and I don't even pay attention to the stats, which is the same thing I do when I'm building a <laughs> army. <laughs> or uh, I played Vermintide, which is again, a, I love. Like, I, I only play Gruber with the halberd, despite like the fact that it's really a game about you know 
m- economy of action. And I was like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. I want to be the cool guy with the plume hat and the halberd. I'm not gonna, not gonna learn shit. I bought the Bretonian DLC for him. Yeah. So, uh, lore breaking. The strategy is just play the dwarf with the minigun. No, the strategy was just watch Andrew shield bash everything off a cliff. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you need to link that clip oh. of me just going, I got this. I got this. Uh, I'll, I'll find well, now you. Well, now you got to do, uh, you guys are do- streaming uh, Dark Tide when it comes, or we get a fourth person, and I'll join you for streaming Dark Tide. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we uh, we have a Dice Like Ice Twitch where uh, we'll play games. Hell, yeah. I will not join in that because I'm We're awful. Oh, you can always watch. It's cool. We're, we're not exactly good either. Yeah. All right, so let's see. What gangs have we not done yet? We haven't, we haven't done... done like half of them, at least. Uh, did, uh, Orlock. We, oh, yeah, Orlock and Vance yeah. We're also approaching about two and a half hours, so we should probably... Uh, uh, yeah, fire through uh, them. Uh, lightning round through them. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, so let's see. The other two gangs we've got to talk about are Vansar and Orlocks. Uh, uh, I know nothing about either of those I'm going to say this... Quick thing about Vansar that, like, uh, this is, again, fucking echoing Dan Boy thing. Uh, a lot of people start Necromunda and will often hear, don't click Vansar because they're really broken. Uh, that goes back to, like, 2018 when the when the new edition of Necromunda was released. And Vansar were really good because they had really good shooting. Uh, Vansar are mm-hmm. only broken if you don't play with enough terrain on the board. That's, they're, they're, yeah. They're, they're, uh, that's that's any shooting yeah. army. Uh, that's any shooting army in the world. And Necromunda, like shooting, is harder because shooting's normally not good. Van Vansar's whole thing is they have the best. Uh, Vansar's whole thing is that their house has an STC, so they can produce really really good equipment, like better than like any average shit you'd see in the forty first millennium. But their STC is corrupted in some way that it gives them like super cancer. Um, which doesn't yeah that's why they have to wear their little radiation yeah. suits it, it actually keeps yeah, them alive it doesn't actually have that the cancer doesn't actually give them a rule which you know talk about gw slacking off not putting <laughs> no it definitely does because it gives them their, it armor, gives them, and their armor gives them, it their, gives them their better armor uh but like no they're, they're, they're not a broken gang uh actually they might be since house of artifice but like for the longest time i had so many people who were like Oh, don't play Van Vansar's banned in our local tournaments because it's not good. Local events because it's not good. It's like, or it's too good. It's like, no, it's not. It's not too good. Just put enough scattered terrain on the board that you can get half cover and full cover. Just, just, just play exactly. the game. Yeah, cover's like, super. Yeah, cover's important. Necromunda. Just put put your board up in such a way that you have it and it's fine. And they're cool models. They have um, literally at the Games Workshop I played at last Saturday. Literally, the guy there was like, "Yeah, Vansar is like the Infinity Gang, Infinity." Yeah, they are. They look like an Infinity. Um, gang. And they're really cool. A lot of potential for giving them like neat paint schemes, and they have neat weapons. Like one guy's got like a triple barrel multi Maltha. Um, yeah, like they're very fun. And then Orlock is the biker gang. Uh, they are the, the the Orlock is the jack of all trades, master of none gang. Uh, base they're. Good stats all around, not great stats. Uh, and their upgrade was they get guys with jetpacks, and they get cyber puppers. Which, uh, I mean, that, that should sell anyone, really. I don't play Orlock, but like yeah. that pitch should should make you want to buy. The, uh, the cool. Orlock... 
yeah, the Orlock bounty hunter who's got the fucking big hammer over his shoulder and the Cyber Rottweiler. Yeah, awesome. the Cyber Rottweiler sits on my desk all the time because I lost its little resin tail. And uh, he, oh, he, no. I'm going to try to make one out of green stuff someday. And then he sits not even in my like backlog shelf. He sits in a drawer somewhere. He will get painted when hell freezes over probably when the rapture calls us all to heaven and god says to me michael you have so many fucking forge rolled necromunda models sitting in your drawer you're not allowed into my kingdom oh how fuck would you be if to pass yeah yeah how fuck would you be if to get into the afterlife you had to get through your entire hobby (laughs) backlog as it was i'm catholic i'm Uh... assuming that's gonna be part of it because i feel like it's a reflection (laughs) on my greed if Oh, I was about to say, that's because guilt it's, is critical. It's guilt, it's greed, and it's sloth. It's me. Welcome to Catholicism. Gre- uh, guilt, the religion. My, oh, so Sisters of Battle? Yeah. yeah. My afterlife Basically. is a man wearing a fucking like, horn berserker armor whipping me for, retur- for eternity as I paint away at a bunch of shitty... Forge World kits that I bought and never needed to own and never were going to do anything with. That's that's my eternity. While you're wearing, while you're wearing one of the shitty Cornerstone yeah. habits with a stupid rabbit ears. If you want to at me, I am on the fourth circle of hell, <laughs> slipping away for eternity, according to Dante Alighieri, uh, and I deserve every single second of it. Oh man! All right, so there is. Uh... There is one more gang, and it's the Venator gang. And it's kind of the Build Your Own gang the, in Necromunda. Yeah. There's a few more gangs. We definitely missed a few. Uh, we missed K- Corpse yeah. Grinder, Cult, and Helic Chaos. Oh! Eh, who cares about Helic Yeah, Chaos. Corpse Grinder, Cult is, uh, uh, they're... I forgot about that. The chefs of the world. Yeah, they're, uh, the, they're, they're TLDR. They are, their job is to man the corpse grinding, which is disposal of bodies for corpse paste, which is a thing. We... <laughs> Because corpse starch is the main source of food. In have the I given that? Sh- I've given you guys my spiel before about I hate I hate when like cannibalism is a scary thing in 40k. Like they committed cannibalism. It's like yeah, so does everyone in the fucking Imperium because it's corpse. No, because this isn't cannibalism because corpse starch it separates the nutrients from the bodies. You're not eating the bodies. It's... It reclaims the Listen, nutrients. I'm going to give... It's different. When I go in on Thursday, I'm giving the judge the same excuse you just gave me here, and I'm seeing how he takes it. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, and you know, we also forgot the Arbites. Oh, we did. They're not, they're not, they're the cops of the next no, Ar- Ar- And we also Ar- forgot the slave right. ogrins. Ar- we suck. We're terrible. Arbites yeah, are no, not Necromunda. Arbites are good. Not good. They're they're bad people. They're the, they're space Gestapo. But um, they they're they're Judge Dredd. They're, they're judge awesome. But the Palantine enforcers are space mall cops. They are the private security of House Hemlar. Helmar. Hel- Hem- 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 Hemingway. I think, it, I think it's Helmar. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say House Helmar Ernest Hemingway. Ask not for whom the bells toll. <laughs> Old man in the sea, this bolter in your face, bitch. Also, hold on, let me write that novel real quick. <laughs> of, he catches a bolter. Of mice and, and some crocs. Oh, God. That's a, I like that, of mice and some crops. Uh, that sounds like a great memoir. Uh, I'm going to paint these on really small freehand and put them as posters on my Necromunda terrain. Uh, f- yeah, but Corpse yeah. Grinder Cult, the, uh, the all inf- melee. They're, they're, yeah. they're corn cultists with cool rules. Yeah, um, all melee and they call yeah. fear. Uh, and they're 
that's going to be my next gang, and they're all going to be named after celebrity chefs. And Bobby the Flayer yeah. is going to be the. They're leader. neat models. Just just paint them in flesh colors and dump some blood on the blood gun for them. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the enforcers are definitely a PMC. Like they're one hundred percent a yeah. fucking PMC. Like they're not cops. They are their guards. Yeah, their, their shtick mechanically is that they they get good weapons, they get good shotguns, and they get better bolters than most gangs. Their bolters don't run out of ammo as often. They have a four ammo check instead of a six up, but they're not they're not that good. Like they have like pretty much across the board, four up ballistic skill, four up weapon skill. So their, their mechanical shtick is okay shooting, but if the shooting hits, it really hurts. So it's like, yeah. And then uh, the, the Venatar gang is the build your own gang where you can have other gangers from other gangs. It's a conversions dream, a converter's dream, because you can use gangers from all the other gangs in a Venatar gang, if you want to do an inquisitorial style warband, you can do it there. If you want to do just a fucking like Indiana Jones and the Fun Bunch searching the Underhive for artifacts, you can build them out of that. Um, they are not very good. No, they're th- and if you were just starting Necromunda, do not play. A yeah, they're card. they're they're a mix between like a legacy gang and a. Do you have a Necromunda collection and want to, like, play around with it? Do this. Um, yeah. But, you know, neat. Uh, and they, they also have special rules for bringing the various named bounty hunters as part of their permanent re- retinue instead of uh, a hanger-on, if, if I recall correctly. They have, like, they have some variation on hanger-on rules. Um, and then there's Helen Gangs, which is, do you have Chaos Cultists? Run them as this. Uh, and there's also the, what is it, the the slaver guys, where the they have, like, chain axe glaives and shit like that. It's a Forge World only uh, gang. I thought those guys are special guys to add to a Goliath gang. That could be the right. The Mercata right. Slave Guild. Because, yeah, the, the Goliath, one of their things besides providing, well, they provide labor, and often that labor is slavery. Again, <laughs> if people forgot that there's no good guys here, um, like... Uh, the Imperium also relies very heavily on slavery in the worst yeah, possible or, ways. <laughs> quote, indentured servants, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, that should be most of the gangs. And then on top of that, there's also a lot of hangers-on models you can get. You can get ammo jacks and dome runners and a chef. Yeah. You gotta get your, your hobbit get slopper. Your you know. all your oh, quick gang throughout, because it, 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 it'll be out eventually the the outcast gang which is literally a gang of yeah just yeah it's, it's literally like the the hometown militia they're less armed than every other gang i imagine i imagine their rules will be not good and they will be there as like essentially npcs for a campaign yeah for sure so that, that pretty much wraps up a lot of necromunda um quick just couple of uh extra things on it we used a service called Yak Tribe when we ran Necromunda, and it is an amazing thing. It has a uh, Dominion and the uh, Law and Misrule on it. It doesn't have Lost Zone, but it helps. You know, you create the campaign in it, you put your gangs into it, you put the territories into it. It does a lot of the admin work for you and helps keep track of it. 
It quickly calculates your gang ratings. It quickly calculates your credits. You can set up the trading post and manipulate them in there to have certain items, not have certain items. So if you are the administrator of a campaign, 100% recommend you. And Yak Tribe is excellent. Uh, for me, it's basically a requirement now. Um, if, mm-hmm. if people don't seem to know about it, I will point out, like, hey, we're running this campaign. Have you considered using Yak Tribe? It's... Uh, it now has every perfect. It, it's all volunteer run, but they do a pretty good job of like, oh, a new house yeah. book is out. I will quickly add it to there. Uh, they're they're good, they're good people. I hope that they don't get shut yeah. down because they don't operate. I don't think. Yeah, well, usually GW is not terrible about stuff like that for their specialist games for things that are quality of life improvements that they're not actively yeah. working on. Um, I don't think Yak Tribe even has ads or anything. I think. I think it's 100% just like player run. Yeah. Yeah. Passion project kind of thing. I, I, I go on like their homepage. I don't even see like a, Hey, support our Patreon. I'm not going to dig for it. Cause I don't want them to be in trouble. Yeah. So I hope that they are. They're good. But they're, they're great. It's, it's a kind of must have yak tribe dot games. Um, mm-hmm. as always double check the rules when you make a gang and don't assume that just cause you can do yep. it on yak tribe means you can do it legally. Uh, like, you know, like the battle scribe thing. Oh, also, don't try to do. Yeah, don't be one of those battle yeah. scribes. Also, do not use battle scribe for Necromunda. It's terrible. Nope. It, it fucks um, up everything. Do they haven't updated that in two years or something oh, like that? For the longest time, they didn't differentiate between Necromunda Underhive and like 1997 Necromunda. Uh, yeah, it was just one big mush. Uh, I mean, yeah, battle scribes does its bare minimum, and that's what you get for battle scribe. It has its place, and it's not Necromunda. <laughs> exactly. Alright, so, uh, so pros of Necromunda. Super fun campaign systems. Really good RPG-like elements. What it, else we got? The, comedy. The comedy. They, comedy. They are, Can't they are comedy. some of the best models that you can get, and I'll touch on this mm-hmm. in my cons, but like, uh, in the inverse, they are, the models are great. Uh, any gang, you basically need to buy two boxes. It used to be like, buy, uh, two of the same box now it's like buy one of the core gang boxes then buy their likes and then one of the upgrade, upgrade boxes. boxes uh if you want to get fancy go to forge world get some of the weapon kits but now well, half the weapon kits are plastic since a much cheaper and more less shipping expensive purchase and <laughs> you don't have to wizard necromunda anyone who makes you wizard necromunda is being an asshole because it yeah necromunda is a hard one to wizard just because it changes oh yeah i'm doing my i i just got a plasma cannon for my final game of a campaign i am not going to kit bash a plasma cannon in time for next sunday that that just means you're not dedicated i mean yeah right a real necromunda fan would make every variation for their leader they possibly would in fairness or go really go really in the weeds and magnetize everything oh oh, Mm. uh, i really can't necromunda models are not this, the, the, the bodies are not taken away from magnetization. You, you saw how little Kaldor arms are. They are the scrawniest little noodle arm motherfuckers. Exactly. You have to get, what, a quarter millimeter size yeah. magnet and put it in its wrist? I will probably kitbash just in Legacy a plasma cannon wielding Goliath. But I'm busy this week when yeah. I go in for my cannibalism trial that I mentioned earlier. So <laughs> I had to address that concern first before I kitbash up some plasma cannons. But yeah, but like, you know, yeah. so it's affordable. They're they're great models, and it's affordable in that like, I mean, two boxes. Yes, is eighty four dollars uh, MSRP. But as far as 
Warhammer or Age of Sigmar stuff goes. That's, that's pretty cheap. cheap. And they're, they're, they're detailed models to put effort into me in, in terms of like... And a rule book. Gotta get the yeah, rule book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like in, the, the model dude, range is another huge dude, pro. I mean, there's so many different models. So many different bounty hunters on Forge. I think there's, what, 30-something different bounty hunters on uh, Forge? Between World? bounty hunters and dr- Dramatis Personae, with the Dramatis Personae being the generic term for them. Uh, yeah. no, this awesome. I made that joke earlier about, like, Gore Halfhorn's such a cool model uh, for a bounty hunter. He, he's a beastman bounty hunter. And I made the joke about how like, I'm not going to fucking buy because I, I personally don't like building Forge World characters because spindly bits of Forge World resin are not fun. But, um... They're neat. And hey, on model lines, it's also a fun kit bash. Uh, I bought, I oh, bought yeah. recently, not even kit bashing, but I bought a bunch of uh, Starfinder, the RPG that's the sci-fi version of Pathfinder. I yeah. bought a bunch of, I was at a local game store and they had a bunch of Starfinder minis. And it was like, you know, generic sci-fi looking folks. And I was like, uh, these are $5 per two minis. I'm going to grab all of these. And because they're not particularly great miniatures, I can paint them all in like two hours of effort. And that's dome runners, that's ammo jacks, that's various hive scum. Um, just you know, Necromunda like has a bit of that like Star Wars cantina feel to it of like, look at all these weirdos. Uh, that's reflected yeah. in both the model line and in what you can do with the model line. Uh. I would love to see somebody make a full twist bar. <laughs> for, for, for the people who don't know, twists are the slang for mutants yeah. in the Warhammer world, especially in Hive worlds. Uh, and twist bars are basically mutant LSD raves. Yeah. <laughs> oh, other other models you can do is uh, Necromunda has all has a whole bestiary of strange monsters in the Underhive. Some beasts. Pure oh, strange yeah. gene stealers running around. Ambots. Ambots. Ambulls. Ambulls. And those Ambulls. are both models you can either build, uh, buy and build, or just be like... I saw one guy's running a bunch of... Uh, he, like, added some shit to uh, Fellwater Trogoths from Age of Sigmar. And he's running them as sump beasts. And it's like, the mission is, like, to hunt down the sump beast. And if you do it, you get, like, a fat payout. And if you don't, your whole gang's gonna get eaten. You get eaten by fucking mutants. Yeah, right. It's there's so much room for creativity, and like I've mentioned before, I'm not. I don't like kit bashing uh, because I I have stupid little idiot hands that can't do what my brain wants them to. But if you love kit bashing, Necromunda shit, make a bunch of weirdos. I mean, I've yeah, I've, I've uh, seen I've got people my who the weirdos on my Instagram that I made. Andrew made one of the coolest rogue dots oh. I've ever seen, and then fucking sold him. Yeah, you know, I can make another one. It was um says the uh, rogue Admech, doc. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. it was a uh, Admech uh, uh, Dominus because there was a while there where if you bought an Admech kit, they just threw a fucking Dominus in for whatever <laughs> reason. So I have like three of them still just sitting around. I could easily make them again. So I just used him as a body and I put all kinds of uh, like various admech bits and bobs. So he had uh, like a, a drill from that was left over from uh, an apothecary kit and he had like a big spotlight and I gave him um, like a rebreather mask. So he's just had kind of a creepy vibe and he ended up actually looking pretty similar to the official kit that they released on Forge World. Yeah. Just uh, yeah, a which bit was taller. The, uh, oh, that's such a cool kit. I also won't buy that because I don't want to see those arms in red. 
I feel like cleaning the flash would just kill yeah, them all. And anything with mechadendrites on resin is terrifying <laughs> yeah. to me. I'm such a bad seller of Necromoon. It's like, oh, by the way, there's a bunch of Forge for bullshit that I won't fucking this buy. This game is great, but don't do this. Oh, this is stupid. <laughs> Fuck that. Oh, stop, stop, stop. Play it. <laughs> Necromunda is the hobbyist yeah, game. Yeah, which we'll, we'll get in my cons on why it's like, it's not a beginner game, but like, if, the, if uh, we get to any other pros we want to throw out. Um, it's, 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 if, if you're big into kit bashing, it can really just be your game. There are people out there who, they, they buy only Games Workshop stuff, but it's only Necromunda adjacent stuff. Like, they get bits just to build Necromunda, oh, yeah. which I think is a pretty, pretty awesome way to do the oh, hobby, if you're big into that absolutely. sort of thing. It has strong dad game energy, too, in the general, like, guys were like, I <laughs> yeah, just play Necromunda. It's, it's the sci-fi version of, you know, being the model train yeah. dad. Yeah. Well, and that, that's the other thing, is out of all of the GW games, I think the most visually striking and coolest to see is a well-done Necromunda board with gangs on it, and, like, hangers-on, and even, like, when you see um just random NPCs running around on it. Like, cool, big, cinematic battles of 40k are neat and all, but there's just something about how neat a Necromunda board looks and all just the little details put onto them and things like that because they're just beautiful yeah, uh, to see. Well, it gives you an opportunity to try, like, every kind of painting. you got mm. weathering, you got metallics, you can do, like, graffitis and stencils, you can do... Uh, posters. Posters, like, you can do uh, transfer like debris sheets. Debris and litter on the ground, like, stuff that you wouldn't see on, like, a battlefield is common, yeah. too. Oh, the posters and shit, like the graffiti is some of the coolest shit you will see. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I guess we should probably get into cons before this yeah. becomes a four-hour <laughs> podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Alright, so, cons... It's, uh, like I said, it's not a game for beginners, and it's balanced like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. It's 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 not. It's it, Campaigns require someone to balance the game because the designers did not. Yeah, the the game can have runaway train syndrome mm-hmm. for sure, where the gang that wins early with a couple of extra good rolls will get so far ahead of everything else that it's impossible to rein them back in without having to use rules to yep, do. No, it's they and also it's they will not address that because it's not in their in Games Workshop's not like interest to like keep it unbroken, but just it's not their priority at all. Yeah, and I don't, I don't blame no. them for that, because this is a game that it has such a dedicated following to it. It's, for lack of a better term, self-regulated and self-paced. Yes. Um, Andrew, I know you've got a big con that you hate about Necromunda. It's just fucking confusing to figure out what the hell some of the guns do. <laughs> it's yeah, the the rules are not well laid out and by not well laid out i mean they're not really laid out at all the books just heavily need some editing (laughs) yeah or an index i would settle for a fucking index an index no necromunda just needs to be they need like a flow chart of like here's what you need if you're doing x yeah. Um, yeah. You've been hit by a flamer. Oh well, you need to see if you, you have the burn syndrome now. You need to see if you've been wounded. Yeah. You need to see if you're pinned. You know, there's like 20 things to do with certain types of weapons that aren't just roll two dice. Okay, you're good and that, to go. And that, that escalates with yeah. uh, as you get higher up campaigns when you get, like a various special weapons, and you're looking at like the and they'll have like six rules in their abilities, and you're like, yeah, oh, like uh, I, and it won't be your common rules. It'll be like 
the fuck does that okay. do? And again, this all goes back to the granularity thing we were talking about. If you, if something might happen to your character, it can, and they got a rule for it. It's just not well laid no. out to figure out oh, what it is. I, I should mention this. In my last game, I kind of forgot. Before my last game, I bought gunk bolts for my gang, and I don't even... I remember looking up what they do, and guess what? They could have been pretty useful at uh, my game. Guess what I forgot to do? Ever shoot my gunk bolts, which is also like... <laughs> You know, you say the word gunk bolt enough times, you start feeling a little weird. So, yeah, it's a weird. But it's like it's a game, you know. It's not bad that the gang has that, but it's like this is only on Games Workshop. It's just like you need to you need to make yourself a cheat sheet. Always have a cheat sheet for any game you play. It's always a good idea. But like Necromunda, it's yeah. like no, I just straight don't know what I'm fucking doing about my cheat sheet. Well, they do, and I feel like. They do the Games Workshop thing where they, they uh, like with the Dark Uprising box, they did have a cheat sheet on like what you're supposed to do for each round, but it's literally mm-hmm. just like the movement phase. You move, you shoot. Like they don't actually go into, you know, they don't have like a weapons chart or like yeah. a gear chart. It's all just sprinkled throughout 12 different books. Yeah, that's it. Which I feel like if Necromunda is your game that is your go-to main one you play, then that's only a con to start with. And then once you and your group learn those rules, then it's just a normal part of playing your game, and you don't have to think about them anymore. And it's just it's just another thing. Yeah, that's an, there's a degree of that Necromunda is a game that can be played as your only game, um, and some people it's rewarding, and it should be. I, I'm a guy who just likes playing a little bit of everything if I get the chance, um, as long yep. as it's fun to collect and play. Uh, I was touch on it. Necromoon is not exactly great for like a pickup skirmish. It's not bad. It just doesn't. You don't get up half the charm if you just like show up to toss some dice. Like at yeah. that point, I don't know. I'd play like a. If I was doing a random pickup game and I have like three hours to kill, I'd rather play like a thousand points of 40k or 2,000 points of AOS. 40K, yeah. Yeah. Or dare I say, kill team? No. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> or, or like five rounds of five rounds of Blitz Bowl, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it is not a one in a, I would, you know, never play it with randos because, you know, it's not a game that's at all designed for playing with randos. Um, I think the uh, biggest con is also one of the biggest pros, and that is just the complexity no. of the game. Yeah. Like, it is both the best and worst quality of the game is how complex Absolutely. it is. Absolutely. Because, like, if that's your thing, like, if, if you're an RPG player and you like that crunchy crunchiness to it, like, if you were an old 3-5 D&D player or, God help you, uh, fucking advanced Dungeons & Dragons player... Oh, we had to do then, Algebra like, to cast a spell? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is my, uh, my ganger's Thacko? Alright, yeah. cool. Like, then it's great. But if you're one of those guys who, like, is like, alright, I just want all my rules to be on this one little card and go... Then this is no, not a game um, you'll enjoy. Learn it, you know, like all games. Learn it so you can be polite to your opponent. Exactly. Um, Necromunda especially so. Because guess what? Unless you're a... Ho- like a, uh, a guy whose main game is Necromunda or Necromunda Hoarder, he's not going to know what your fucking gang does. Oh, we didn't, we didn't even yeah. touch on tactics cards because I never used them. Um, yeah, tactics cards are... You know what, because, you know, I'll, I'll get angry here, quote-unquote angry. You know, Games Workshop, stop selling things that are going to be a 
one and never touched on again, but also still valid part of the game. It's stupid. Yeah, so what Tactics cards are, are cards that were released when the gangs were first released and didn't have other runs, and they were very specific special things that your gang Mm. could do. By you would have so many tactics cards at the beginning of the game or the beginning of the campaign, depending on how you were playing it, and you could use those during it. And they would have some of them would be almost useless, and others would be just staggeringly game breaking. Absolutely. Like Caldor had one that could catch a quarter of the board and anything in it on fire. Like it's just it it's it's I don't like tactics cards. No, uh, my, my, yeah, there's issues with the balance of them, and also I just don't like that it's a thing that I don't, I, okay, yes, are there sites I can find them on relatively easily? Sure, but like... They're all on Yak Tribe, and it keeps track of what tactics cards yeah, you have available. Yeah, in general, you shouldn't have to either resort to piracy or spending $100 for a deck yeah, of these I, cards. Yeah, I, I think they add... They're just another little, like, dash of, like, herbs and spices onto the recipe in Necromunda. They're fine. Yeah, if, if you're playing, like, a, a four-person campaign. Uh, my, my laws and campaigns using them. That's fine. It's whatever. I, I, I'm not there, like, I refuse to play this game with these wonderful people simply because we have tactics cards. But it's like, I, I could care less. I could, I, sorry, I could not care less if we didn't have tactics cards. That's my view on it. Like, I, when I run a campaign, I won't use them, and I am, I'm never going to point them out. But like, it's just, my, my big gripe is that it's a, it's a, it was a one and done for each gang at, at different times too. Like, hey, we released the Goliath tactics cards, and they're gone. Oh, but we have the Orlock ones, and they're gone. That to me, that's so stupid. Well, it's a problem with all of their games at this point. I mean, Age of Sigmar has that where it's like, oh, you have cards for your army, and we will literally never print them ever again. But in all fairness, those cards aren't necessary to play the game. They're a useful That's true, that's true. But they're not critical to the game like the cards. Yeah, the cards in Necromunda were like... uh, Actually, I will say, house books gave gangs enough flavor that I really do think they are useless. (laughs) Just spend too much time on a thing that just we are... Three of us are like, yeah, whatever, I'm out. Well, yeah, it's so, but it's another thing if you're getting into, into Necromunda and you start reading yeah, about tactics cards. Oh, it's like, oh shit, one more layer good to worry point, about? Andrew. It's just like, you don't want to worry about them. I don't. You know what, listeners? Uh, if, if, if you don't want to use tactics cards, don't. I'm going to use them when I play against you, yeah. when you find me at a bar in Northern Virginia, and then I'm going to kick your ass and then buzzsaw your models. And then spud jack one of your models and have to break it. <laughs> Just ruining your entire yeah, so... experience of this game. <laughs> yeah, and you know what, guys? It's your hobby. Uh, you play Necromunda how you would like to play it. You can make it as complicated or as simple as you would like it to be. Yeah. Because that's the cool part about Necromunda. It's a... It's, it's your it's hobby. A, like, obviously, I think, you know, I think I speak for all of us, but I, I give it my two thumbs way up all the 2003 DVD cover movie reviews. It's a good game. Play it. Man, I thought you were going to go Gene Stealer Colt and go all (laughs) three three thumbs thumbs Way up. Have I told you guys about the Star Gods yet? (laughs) The the perfect way to describe Necromunda is fuck Necromunda. What a great game. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, seriously. Necromunda (laughs) is one of those games where every activation a story is told 
And sometimes the story oh, yeah. is of great violence and heroism. Other times it is of your character falling into a vat and being processed into a fine meat paste. Yeah, sometimes you're uh, fucking Rambo or fucking uh, Dutch. Other times you're Larry Curly yeah. or Mo. Sometimes yep. you eat the bar. Sometimes the bar eats you. <laughs> to quote the best movie ever made, Big Lebowski. Such oh, a fucking, such oh, a good man. movie. Ah, right. uh, I will say actually, my only thing would be varnish your models for playing Necromunda because you will get handsy with your models while playing Necromunda. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely one thing to watch out for in this game is you want to definitely var like e even if you don't varnish them, be be mindful of how handsy you are with your models because these are getting moved a hell of a lot more than a model in Warhammer. When is. they're getting slapped on because the ground when you're doing wounds yes. and pins and stuff like that. Yeah, they're going to be face down, so things sticking way far out, like my arms are that you can't see because, you know, good radio. Uh, so just watch that. Things that have bits extending way over the edge of the yeah. bases are going to be As always, don't touch your opponent's models without asking doubly so in Necromunda uh, yes. because you'll have to you will have to touch your own models. Um, I think it's a good rule of thumb. Just yeah, it's be polite with someone. Oh, for sure. Yeah, if someone spent a lot of yeah. money on a model and a lot of time uh, painting it, don't. don't I have don't only it. once in my life been annoyed that someone touched my models, but it was mostly because he was kind of being rude anyway. And then he touched my models, and I was like, "Bro, like, what the what the fuck, man? <laughs> like, fill like, a sock full of dice and beat you. <laughs> you're the one going through the right." <laughs> You mean yeah. a crown royal this bag full when, of dice? Yeah. Come on, I gamers. I put him through the buzzsaw because I'm actually yeah. running a mafia organization out of the local hobby store. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. Well, we're going to wrap up the show in just a second. But before we go, yeah. Michael, I've got one question for you. Since you're our first guest, I'm going to start asking oh, no. this question to all future guests. What is the stupidest thing you've ever done in this hobby? <sighs> Oh, I know the list is long, like, <laughs> but you've only got you've only got four uh, years of this hobby, so try having twenty two years in it like uh, this asshole does. Okay. Oh, you're so gonna, 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 I, I have like to think about it. Multiple answers floating around in my head. Uh, oh, okay. You know what it is? It's nope, really fire the top niche, one. and this will be. Uh, originally, when I got into it, I was gonna play Iron Hands. Because I thought Iron Hands are cool. I still think they're really cool. I, this is like start of 8th edition when I got in. And then I got talked out of Iron Hands because they had no good kits. And their rules were really boring. About a year and a half, two hours later, <laughs> Iron boy. Hands are in. I have, I have 2,000 points of Space Marines, including a bunch of tanks. And Iron Hands are now at the top of the meta. Just winning... Not 90% leaps and bounds. <laughs> it's talk of the town, and I'm like, oh my god, had I put this energy into painting Iron Hands, I could be winning. I could be winning like a LVO. Like, <laughs> I could just be dumpstering people with zero respect. And like, it's not that, is it the dumbest? No, but like, I suck at 40k, and I could have been accidentally good just because I like stupid robot boys. <laughs> Um, oh, that was uh, that was like me with my yeah. my giants and Age of Sigmar. Oh, my really, God, yeah, they seriously. Were cool. 
I mean, I'm, I collect gene stealers. I'm really hoping that they get the Drukari Codex treatment that are accidentally like a 75% win rate army. Because if they are... Yeah, they had yeah, like... Well, Drukari just got a lot more expensive no, in that, so necessary. Uh, that well, update they released today. I, I, you can cut this okay. out of it, but like I, at the start of 9th edition, was going to collect Drukari because I think they're cool. I like their lore. I bought a bunch from a buddy secondhand, and then like a week later their Codex drops... And I couldn't buy a fucking model. So I stopped collecting Drukari because they, not because I, I don't want to be a meta chaser, but because I literally could not collect them. And only now can I like find models and huh. stores for them. Yeah. When, uh, when Danielle was looking at stuff to get into 40 K, like she's like, Oh, these are cool. And like, we're like, all right, cool. So we got her a box of warriors oh, and yeah. the Lilith Hesperax model. And then like, Fucking three weeks later, they're like, new Drakari Codex! And then they became the hotness, and it's like, oh, god damn it! you have the fucking broken army well, so, that like, you know, all I the mean, rules for. On that note, though, Drakari also have that, like, and I don't mean this in a neckbeard way, but they have that, like, hot badass energy with, like, the witch cults and shit. Like, I'm sure there's some people who have, like, oh, yeah. a neckbeard view on that, but I just think fucking, like, like yo, they have bikinis, and they have, like, flensing maces hell yeah that's cool as shit sign me up motherfucker i uh, i had a, yeah, yeah. a good metal band name yeah flensing mace shit yeah it is uh in i think it was sixth edition yeah mid sixth edition i had a dark eldar army when their new when all their new stuff came out that was uh it was all fucking like jet bike based like it was just it was just the fucking the gladiators yeah. in the air. It was it. so cool. It's so much fun. And so <laughs> bad. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, so I don't know, like, shit happens. I didn't get the chance to run my fucking incredibly accidentally broken Iron Hand. I had a bunch of Predators painted with in, in my, my current army colors. I sold them because Predators are dumb and someone was going to give me a lot for them. But, um, like, I, I, I could have had a... yeah. A mediocre space marine list that would have become a uh, borderline broken uh, Iron Hands list. Uh, but unlike like everyone else in the world, I didn't think GW would accidentally publish the worst fat, the worst balance checked uh, book of all time with the Iron Hand supplement. Um, yeah. Spoiler alert! They did. Uh, and then they did it again with the Advent. <laughs> Which also got a big points uh, up, update in this one. Oh yep. God! You know, uh, what? Wh okay, what are your guys? I'm the first one that you, I'm the first person you've asked that, so I get to ask what your guys' biggest mistakes were. Probably that time I accidentally put a hey, knife through my thumb. Not good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like my first, I don't know, thousand points of Space Marines were built with hot glue and painted with testers and enamels paint because I was a real stupid that would go badly. kid. Um. Yeah, it went pretty bad. I still have the land speeder somewhere. Yeah, I guess I'd hobbied enough as like a young boy of toy trains that I never had to like fuck up that way. So all my fuck ups were like game related. Yeah, well that that was my first like model that wasn't like a fucking yeah. car or a model rocket. Which I built all those with plastic glue and stuff. Oh, yeah. but I didn't fucking have plastic. I was like, oh, fucking hot glue will work, sure. Like I was building like tanks and shit. In my, like, 12-year-old oh, brain, I mean, hot glue is best for this. Yeah, like, I always forget. My first it painted 40K model was an easy-build Space Marine. I tried to paint him as a Sons of Gilliman. And Sons of Gilliman are, like, a ultramarine blue quartered with white. And my big fuck... I didn't even, like... It wasn't even, like, too thick painted because, like, I, I'd read so many fucking memes about thinning your paints. But, like, it was just... 
painting a quartered model as my first model was like it, it wasn't the dumbest mistake of all time but like it wasn't gonna go well yeah you, <laughs> you didn't go lamenters as your like first a model. psychopath <laughs> Um, this needs more yellow. Yellow I have and checkers, that, that sounds somewhere. great. I mean, like, it doesn't look good, but it's like... Is it like, oh, a war crime against plastic bad? No, it's like, oh no, like... You tried to base a model in white scar paint in half of it. That's not gonna go well. But like in a... Average way. But I think I think skipping iron hands. <sighs> <sighs> Fair enough, man. All right, so uh, everybody, thanks for listening. This has been, uh, I believe this is going to be our longest episode. So before cutting anything out, we're uh, just now crossing the three-hour mark. Andrew, you got a you got a piece of advice to leave us on this week? Uh, edit your podcasts and don't ramble. (laughs) All right, you heard it here first, kids. Edit your podcasts and don't ramble. Michael, thank you once again for joining us this week. Uh, hopefully we'll bring you back as another guest as oh, yeah. long as we don't get a bunch of hate-filled emails. Welcome on anytime. Thanks for listening and have a good night. Good night. Bye. Thank you once again for listening. You can always contact us at DiceLikeIcePodcast at gmail.com or find us on our Facebook or Instagram, also under Dice Like Ice Podcast. We would also like to give a big shout out to Scarlet Saturn for use of their music in our show. It's over. Go home. Go.